0: Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour.
1: Yes, welcome to episode 101, starting off the new century of episodes, I guess you want to call it. And before we get into brass tacks, two real quick shout-outs to former guest of ours, to Asterios Coconos for episode 100 of his loudest podcast, and to Thought Cops, who just recorded their 200th episode. So, cheers to you guys. Cheers, guys. And speaking of guests, we're bringing in this next round of episodes right with another guest a newcomer to the show so you might know him from back in the day from his work on his page iRetroGamer, or his time with pixel game squad he also has his new channel out right now it's called my retro life his name is tyler and he is with us tonight tyler how you doing man i'm doing good guys how are you guys doing
0: you know doing it's uh definitely excited to have you on you've uh i love seeing your videos over the past couple months they've uh really seem to be exploding for you and just generally the work you have one of the more unique gaming channels for sure
1: thanks thanks man we were kind of talking beforehand and we're like yeah he's like avgn but wholesome (laughs) (laughs) he's all about going back to the past even more so and then you know i mean we'll get into your content with between all the home videos and everything like that and just all everything being built around memories or making new memories it's like ah, it's a nice change of pace from the normal thing you see out there
2: Yeah, no, thanks. I I kind of feel like um, in in talking to the the people that watch the show and just the viewership, the viewer base, um, I I start I'm starting to feel this like camaraderie with like people my age who are like 34, 35, you know, mid 30s, early 30s, uh, maybe late 20s. But, you know, it's like a lot of a lot of the people watching are are, uh, family guys, you know, they've got kids of their own and they're you know, especially in these these days these these crazy times we're living in you know everybody's everybody wants to go back you know everybody wants to remember better times and it's so cool that um that you know the videos people are really connecting with them um especially uh yeah like you guys said lately we've been doing really well you know, i just launched the channel the my retro life re- version of the channel um back in july and it's it's been doing really really well yeah so when you so we saw you know the progression like jim said from channel channel
0: i mean were you able to just uh, automatically kind of take what you learned and figure out things you wanted to do things you didn't want to do like what was kind of the that that natural progression for you i mean what really started that spark in you back with some of your first channels of you wanted to do this and now it evolved to here
2: yeah i think um you know it's weird if you trace and i've thought about it often like okay this has been all a big like progression um as far as when i started out i really didn't have an idea of what i wanted to do i was i I had a film background i went to film school i was working in video production so so much of what i wanted to do was have it be the first channel was have it just be like an outlet for the filmmaking and the video stuff so uh, there's content from that old channel that i still have actually i'll probably be re-releasing some of it um but it was very like you know, I had like a three-camera setup in some of these, and I'm like doing it's very ambitious like. Even if there was only going to be like a hundred views, but I, I loved retro gaming. I grew up with all this stuff, and I, I just grew up in a crazy household full, filled with games and 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 parents and family who loved games and stuff. And so it was just it was just like my life. So um, I uh, I yeah I I just I don't know. It, it's interesting. There wasn't a lot of focus in the original channel. Uh, that's one thing I will say. Like. Um, if I could say there was like one fault with the original channel, I iRetroGamer, it was that it didn't really like I jumped from one thing and then like something completely different would come one week where like I would do like a um, a commercial, a parody of something. I did one for Fantasy Star with my wife and then I did one for um, Montezuma's Revenge on the Sega Master <laughs> System. And then one week there'd be like a regular kind of YouTuber, traditional kind of video retrospective. And then another week, my buddy and I are crashing a GameStop with a PlayStation uh, to get the PlayStation 4 launch. We're crashing um, the GameStop with a Sega Master System in our hands, like doing <laughs> funny things like that. Um, and so it was kind of all over the place. I didn't have a lot of focus. And I think that might have kind of hurt the channel in some ways. And uh, so once I really got, a, got into like the, the My Retro Life series, when I started doing that, and focusing in on that it, it became really clear like okay this is the this is the one that's really striking a chord with people um and then when i decided to um kind of close shop for a little while and, and kind of get some priorities kind of focused on in my life i actually killed the channel the original uh, i retro gamer channel and um when i came back to everything it was like okay i know now from you know hindsight's always 2020 and i know now like how i want to focus the channel and where i want to kind of put my energy and and you know what kind of stories i want to tell what i want this channel to really be about and that's really um to cater to the old videos you know the you know if i do retrospectives and i do stuff where i'm just talking like with my background here and i'm just talking about games and stuff i want everything to come from this like this, um, this wavelength of nostalgia friend and, and remembering the old days in such a positive way um, and reflecting on even the footage, like, you know, whenever I can and talking about it and just being really open and candid and, um, and just, you know, real, I think even back with the first channel, I, w- I would do things like I would kind of try to act a little crazy sometimes in some of the videos. Like I did some weird stuff. Like I, I had a video where I was Talking about how the the Virtual Boy is better than the Nintendo Switch, and then I I was playing the Virtual <laughs> Boy at one point and I took my head out of it and my eyes were bleeding, and like you know like I did all sorts of crazy stuff. That's funny. It, it, it's funny stuff, but I definitely think the first incarnation of the channel I Retro Gamer I really feel like it, it it didn't have a focus, if that makes sense. That's a really long answer to your question. No
0: no no, I love <laughs> it. I mean and like you said i think the progression is an important one and what i mean two things i noticed right away the first being you mentioned you know you come from a family of gamers you guys were all obsessed but man you almost have to give producer credits to your dad with the amount of footage you have like i feel like most people we knew grew up with you broke you broke out the video camera for holidays or barbecues like maybe bigger family parties but the amount you have like was your dad in film too? Like he had an eye for getting that kind of stuff. And it clearly passed on to you. And it's like, it it shows so well. So like what, what, what happened there that he was, he like knew about like, let me capture these moments.
2: Well, you're absolutely right. And thanks for that. Like, um, yeah, he, he had a film background. He, um, was out in Hollywood for a while in the eighties, um, trying to make it as an independent filmmaker and I've released one of his films on the channel. Um, it's called Treasure of the Haunted House, and it's a uh, uh, it was shot on uh, I think 16 millimeter, and um, or maybe it was even 32. Might have been 32. Um, I should know these things, but uh, I'd have to look back. But um, it was a, a a fun like Halloween. It was like Tron mixed with Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I would say like that's kind of the vibe that he. It was very much his sensibilities and um yeah so all that to say he was an independent filmmaker he was making short films he was rubbing elbows with guys like richard donner even and, and uh mm, speaking oh, wow. of rocky he was friends with john alphison uh, the guy who directed really? rocky one and rocky five um oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh there's a there's a photo i actually have a photo of dad holding his academy award in his house that's, That's awesome. like awesome. Dad loved that photo. It was so funny. So, yeah, he, he, he wanted to be a filmmaker, and then the, you know the, the independent filmmaking kind of it didn't really pan out the way you know he was hoping, and he was really struggling for a while, as so many people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually he just kind of he was, he was actually back in New York. It's funny. He was back in New York um, with the plan to go back to LA. He was kind of getting his bearings again after, I think, being out there for a year or two. And then uh, he uh, met my mom, fell in love, and the rest is history. <laughs> okay. That's how it always happens. I mean, yeah, yeah I,
0: you, you, and, uh, you said that and right away. That's what I saw in the footage you had. This wasn't the atypical dad shooting. This is somebody who had an eye for what to capture, how to capture. It. And I love, like, you know, one of your newer videos about capturing the little commercial you sent to your cousins in New York. Those are the type of things I was like, okay that's just crazy unique and the fact that you were able to take that is why i said like you have one of the more unique retro we can all do retro we can all record gameplay now but you have the real live reaction of yourself as a kid and it's funny because you know we all think we have a good memory of ourselves but you have actual recorded memory whereas like i think i know how i was when i first played this or that you get to see it firsthand so you almost don't have to think too hard about what you were like then but you add that extra element of being in the moment and it opens up more doors for you and like i said i love that style but the other thing is now that you are so focused on these do you i'm assuming you're still you know playing games now like especially modern games do you ever get to a point where you have a game you love so much and you're like i would love to talk about this but that's not really the direction of my channel now
2: um, that, yeah, that kind of, I I deal with that with modern games. In fact, it's kind of, um, kind of something I'm trying to find a way to start talking about modern games, but in a way that doesn't alienate anybody who, you know, maybe is just there for the retro. Like, I don't, I don't want people to be like, oh, he's becoming a modern channel and stuff. But like, like, let's just say I, um, I, uh, just, pl- I just finished, finally, uh, got to playing, um, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, which is incredible, Great game. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't played it, yeah, it's, it's so good. You know, it's like the future of Castlevania, and Castlevania is one of my favorite series. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like I, I'm like, you know, I I definitely am almost in a point right now where I'm 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 thinking like, you know, do I focus more in on you know because time is you know, time it takes a long time to do this stuff you know so you got to pick pick your projects wisely and. Uh, So I am at kind of a crossroads where I'm trying to think, okay, do I even spend the amount of time it takes to do one of these videos on something like Bloodstained, or do I hone in on, you know, just telling more stories about my past and, and, uh, and, and, and my, you know, story with dad and collecting and, uh, you know, there's, there's an insane amount of stuff to talk about there. Um, So, yeah it's definitely uh, from week to week as I'm coming up with content and stuff like that' something that I struggle with from time to time like I got sent a review product recently there's one of the videos on the channel is an Anbernic, um portable gaming machine um, from the Anbernic company and uh emulation portable and i they sent it to me and it was it was a cool you know review product and i i well, it wasn't sponsored or anything but i I felt kind of obligated you know in a wow. way to like to i've got to do that i've got to review this thing now and i reviewed it you know truthfully and i you know it's always very important to be um be true to your, your craft oh, um sure. but uh it's so funny though like i after after doing that one i'm like man i don't want i don't want anybody to ever send me anything again <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I will feel like the pressure to um to do it for them and you know i don't know and i, and I have so many other projects i want to do so um, and you and yeah.
1: you kind of banged out like two in a row because you just did the Evercade and then you did the ambernick like right yes, after it all. was Evercade, been, like, yeah. The I did month. that for
2: Pixel. Now, the Evercade, yeah. I, we actually, through Pixel Game Squad, the, you know, we, we actually requested that. Oh, nice. That, that was something we were like, this would be cool to review. This would be a really cool thing. And so uh, that one, yeah. That, but then, yeah, ambernick that got sent. and But I, I'm like trying to get out of that game. <laughs> like, I, I really, I don't even think I'm going to review another product for a long time
0: yeah and that's that's the tough thing with with your your rise and success obviously more and more people are like well hey we want you to even if they're like a newer but they're bringing back something retro yeah that obligation it's fun because on one hand it's always like i'm sure thinking of your younger self what could be better than getting things to try out and gaming stuff but like you said you have a family you have life you have so many things going on you can only dedicate so much time to the things you really want to do and now you add that layer that's it's an interesting predicament to be in for sure
2: (laughs) it is and you know there's one thing i've learned in doing youtube it's that do it and have fun doing it and and be passionate about what you're doing because um when you start losing that passion if anything ever starts to feel like work um then you're, you're heading down a a wrong road. Um, if, if the YouTube channel is taking more away from you than it is giving, uh, I think it's time to rethink things. (laughs) So, uh, I, I very much make sure these days, like, okay. Um, there, there, there's much better balance and much better like focus. And uh, honestly, it's not even, it's more just a better sense of, what this is like this this is youtube youtube will if you let it it will it can kind of take over and control you um and so i just make sure i don't give it that power and so whenever i that's why i don't have a schedule i don't have a schedule of when i release stuff because if i had a schedule i would i'd be like so like focused on like oh my gosh I got to meet that deadline mm-hmm. and, and uh, you have enough deadlines in life to uh, add more deadlines even personal deadlines you, you're gonna burn out you're gonna you're gonna burn out real quickly oh uh, and then
1: with a the kid your deadlines get thrown out the window anyway <laughs> okay. oh
2: yeah absolutely that's the thing too is and and then you never want to put yourself in a situation where the, these other hobbies and different things you're doing and projects and things you're juggling are juggling taking away from your, your family. And, 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 whenever you get into a position like that, then it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. put on the brakes. And that is what I did. That's what I, that's what I did when I first, um, when it, when that was one of the things, you know, is that I, I, when I first, uh, you know, first shut down the original channel was that I had really let things kind of, kind of go, um, as far as my priorities. And, um, there was a lot of, you know, I was not, I was not Uh, I was, I was definitely in a situation where I was feeling like, okay, I've got to reprioritize my life. This Uh is not working the way it is. And so sometimes in order to do that, you just got to like, you got to cut away all the distractions and reanalyze and re kind of configure. And um, you know, I think we've, as a family grown and, um, and me as an individual have grown and learned so much. And I think come back in a, in a much stronger, healthier way. And, and I think that
0: shines, I think your passion and your enjoyment is what comes through with your videos where there's plenty of people out there that you could, you can tell it's both, I feel like a blessing and a curse. It's, it's amazing that there are people who can make a living off YouTube videos and stuff. And, And I give them all the credit in the world, but They get to a certain point. I feel like we see every major YouTuber now, it does look like a job for them. You can Mm. tell, like, the kind of same fervor that got them the attention. They're like, I just gotta get something out because now this is what pays the bills. And that's like, it almost feels unfortunate because it's like, oh man, that's that dream escaping. Because there's like, you know, there is a timetable to it, and the fact that. You know you have stabilized and prioritized that's what you know you're doing this for fun you're not doing it because you have to do it so right. that's like you said i think that's something that any youtuber out there like yeah i can't stress enough for what you just said that if, you, if you're not having fun you're doing it and you're feeling stressed about it probably not the right thing for sure
2: no it's it's really not and you and i really do gotta stress to you gotta you gotta gotta love it too like not just even having fun like because even there's so many things that can get you down in the it's funny we're talking about the youtube world and stuff uh like like there's so many things social media comparison so many people fall into the comparison game and that is just, just the worst place to be in because you're never gonna like if you're not doing it because you love it and you're constantly comparing yourself to other channels or other people. This could be in anything, this could be in any job, uh, yeah. you know, situation, uh, you know, business. Um, then you, um, you're, you're, you're just gonna be miserable. You're gonna yeah. be, you're gonna be miserable. And it's funny, I heard somebody recently say to me, I heard it was a quote somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but. It was uh, something from Will Smith, who um, admitted recently in some interview or something. I, don't quote me on this because I might be quoting the, a misquote. I don't even know, but I heard this somewhere. But it made a lot of sense that Will Smith uh, was asked like, "Is there anybody like anything that like you, you're you're like such a big star? All this stuff. Is there anything that really gets you down?" And he like admitted to the fact that he was jealous of um, The Rock, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. Mm. Uh, that like, he was actually, he, he was actually jealous of the rock because the rock was the number one, uh, paid actor in oh, America, yeah. <laughs> and, and no longer, it was no longer Will Smith. And, uh, it's just, it's just funny. It's like, Whoa, Will Smith is Will Smith. And even he He's is jealous. not, is not, Man. yeah. Even he is not like happy. Like he can be jealous and stuff. So you, that, because he was comparing, he was comparing himself to, um, the rock you know at that point yeah, you can't can't get into that it's like yeah it's never going to satisfy you
0: yeah and jim and i i mean we easily could fall down those traps of like oh man like can you believe this channel or like oh the views for this like we put so much time into this video and we love making it but it's got 50 views or 100 views you know it's easy to fall down those traps but it is funny because if you asked either of us i think of like what are some of the most fun videos you made not the most viewed they're not even close to it but it's yeah we would still go back and say okay let's keep making this type because we just we do enjoy doing it and you know you, you you experiment you try different things but i like also how you framed it that you realized pretty early on you needed to like focus because you were jumping from style to style and you were like okay i can't do that i need to really just what's the one i really care about the most but like i said even you you're at this you're coming to a crossroad of like man now i do want to talk about modern some modern games so it's that perfect <laughs> it's that perfect balance that we all strike and and fight within ourselves i feel like
2: yeah i i think um you know variety is the spice of life and so i think for a lot of people especially creators um if you're if you're creative minded and your you, you your your brain thinks that way um you're going to constantly and also just personality types i don't know if you take those like personality tests and stuff like that mm. but i'm like a fire sprigs yeah 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 I'm, yeah exactly i'm like a seven on the ind- indiogram is that what it's called indio I, I can't remember what it is but like apparently sevens like love adventure and we love like things constantly changing we don't like monotony at all mm-hmm. um anyway that's what I, w- I was rated a seven but you know i think a lot of creative types are like that and um you want to keep trying new things and doing new things because it's it, it keeps you satisfied to do uh different things and and new things and and um so yeah that's I think that's always gonna be a struggle for me. But I, I definitely have like, like anything you learn. You learn and I definitely want to you know, cause when I look back at the old videos that I did and the way the channel was, I kind of look at it like it's kind of like looking back at your high school days but you know what i mean like it's like oh my gosh what was i doing what was i i was dressing that way or you know looking that way what was like my hair i had no, yeah and yep. that's it, it's a lot like that when you're, you're starting out on youtube and then you you do it long enough and you kind of get into a groove and figure out like you figure out who you want to be in life you know <laughs> kind of, kind oh, of yeah. like, like high school it's so funny
1: um, uh so when uh so when g's putting up the iRetro gamer rewinds and you see yourself with the spiky hair back then you're going
2: no yes dude oh my gosh <laughs> and i look at some of that stuff and it's great i mean i love it because it's it's great old memories great memories that i'll, I'll cherish forever uh but I, i'm like oh my gosh why was the lighting that bright why didn't i why did i do it this way what's with the white backdrops like why was i thinking it needed to all be white the, like I, I overanalyze those videos so much, and then yeah, especially the hair. Uh, there's some days where I haven't shaved at all. Like it's like really, <laughs> you know, I I, I, I and my hair. I swear it changes like so many times. If you watch like all the I retro gamer stuff, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. With, I you know, so these days I actually, you know, I wear this hat a lot. And so uh, I feel like I'm kind of a hat guy. I think I'd wear hats more.
0: That's your go-to. I mean, <laughs> and that goes back to there is a thing. You had
2: people. <laughs> I can't wear hats because my head's too
0: big. Okay. <laughs> well, Jim, don't be jelly of us that can. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, I'm jelly. i will always be jelly.
0: <laughs> it's fun. It's funny you said that, Tyler, because I went back at, same deal. I looked, and I'm, I'm as Jim said, I'm the one who I do the editing. I do it, and I can't believe like, even though we started with windows movie maker and the rock band mike like we started with the most bare bones terrible setup possible and i'm like there's still like there's still essences of us but at the same time you're like if i could go back i would change x y and z and you like i said you at least had the advantage you went to film school you had a three camera setup which is probably the best produced possible (laughs) youtube video like you're so many leagues above the game so you have such an over analytical mind for those things for the technical side of it that yeah. yeah even stuff you're doing probably like a year or two ago you'll look back in another two years and be like i really should have did this instead of that yeah it's like that constant nothing is ever good enough you'll always be judging
2: <laughs> yeah no it's it's just the way it is i mean you look at other creative types like um i'm not, I'm not trying to compare myself to george lucas but but if you look at George Lucas, like he's the same way, you know, you know, he, he he constantly wanting to change star Wars, you know, and, and I think if we, you know, kind of had that kind of money to throw into CGI and change things and all of our stuff, we would probably do it too. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think there's this uh, this um, overanalyzing, analyzing our work. I'm like a, I know I'm like a perfectionist a lot of times with my stuff and um like I'll spend, that's why I spent so much time on like those My Retro Life episodes. And then like, I'll finally publish it and I'll be really, I was like sure, certain that it was fine. Then <laughs> yep. I'll find something. I'll see one thing that I should have done a little differently, or maybe the audio mix was not as good as I wanted it to be. And it'll bother me forever. Like, cause now it's now it's forever. It's always, I can't go back and change it. It's out there. Every um, time, yep.
0: The worst is like when there's how an many audio times have you click. like?
2: <laughs> how many times have you re-rendered
1: like a long, like couple-hour video just because of one little thing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
2: I've mm-hmm. I've I've done that several several times.
1: Uh. Now, actually, speaking with you, trying to jump into newer stuff, would you almost think like the video? Because I love the one you did with your daughter for the midnight release for Hyrule War, Warriors. Um, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, yeah. and. And I mean, if you want to talk about your troubles with YouTube with you ever using your daughter and stuff too. But I was just like, oh, that, there's your perfect opportunity right there. Going out with the daughter, a game she gets
2: into. And yes. it's like, oh,
1: this is something I want to play too. Hey, you should probably go with me and play this.
2: Yes, totally. Like, um, that was a great one, and people really liked that one. Um, I, I, we want, we're going to do more stuff like that. Whenever there's kind of a big game release um, and a game that she's really excited about, we're going to, we'll probably put out. And I'm calling those My Retro Life uh, Next Gen. Uh, Ah. and and so uh those are those are gonna be fun because i want to you know obviously for years and years to come be doing the channel and i think it'll be amazing you know if we keep putting out you know you know maybe 11 of those even in just a year yeah it'll be it'll be amazing to look back one day and just see see hallie's growth and her her you know all these all, all sorts of people will be watching her her gaming life. You know, we would have done that. We would have done that when we when I was a little kid. Like if the internet was around and YouTube yeah. was around, uh, we would have. Uh, I think that's what Dad and I would have done. We would have we would have had our own YouTube channel. Um, you know, back in those days. So I think um, I think we're gonna keep that going. It'll be real. It'll be really cool just to see uh, to look back one day, and it'll be just really sweet. Like these time capsules of, of us gaming. Yeah. Oh, for
1: sure. You're going to have one of those videos because, like, I'm a drummer, so I watch a ton of drumming videos. And there's always the cool ones where it's, like, a kid starts playing a song at 3, and then, like, you eventually yeah. see him playing it at 16 and, like, how he's grown the entire time.
2: Yeah,
1: so a- you have the same thing there, just with
2: her being a gamer. Exactly, yeah. And and there's a game. I mean, it's just amazing how much she's, she's, like, I mean, when we got her Hyrule Warriors in that video, like, I had no idea that she would be so good at it. I, she was interested <laughs> in it, and she was already talking about it. And we, I, was, I showed her the trailer and all this stuff. But I had no idea how much of a, of a taking to that game she would. She's, she plays it all the time. She's put hours and hours into that. and she, I think video games have helped, much like they helped me and a lot of other people, they've helped her read. Her reading comprehension is incredible at mm-hmm. school we've just got some tests back actually and she, her reading comprehension is like higher than everybody i'm like it's because she plays games <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's yeah. got to read the tutorials teachers never
0: want to hear that but the fact is there is I something know. to say about the brain stimulation of it well, reading it, yeah. history hand eye coordinate like when when i talk to friends and they're like oh man what are you doing in your free time if i say play games. And then I asked them, they're like, well, I just watch TV. I'm like, but you're not activating it. Like, I'm actually thinking the amount of yeah. useless, actual semi historical knowledge or even knowledge of things that are. Random, like if you played GTA too much, you were almost a mini mechanic because you knew the ins and outs of car. Like there were so many things that I could pull. And if someone's like, "How do you know that?" I'm like, "Well, there's this game." And they're like, "Really? Like, come on."
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Any any kind of job where you're you're using your your hands in a in a way like I'm sure like surgery. I mean, obviously you don't want to you want to go to school and you want to get uh you know the the correct education for that. But like I'm sure mechanics surgeons, um, bomb diffusers. Now, um, I, I think really video games are so helpful in so many ways, uh, for just, I mean, like you, like you said, it's like that higher brain function. You're, you're, you're thinking, you're constantly thinking and problem solving. That's another big thing about video mm-hmm. games. Pro- it teaches you how to problem solve, um, early, especially at an early age. And, um, yeah, there's – I mean, all the people that, like, railed against games back in the day, you know, and even to this day, I'm I'm always like, you have no idea. You just you, didn't you, understand it, yeah. Yeah, you just, you just don't get it, yeah.
0: I mean, it's funny because the same people
2: that would generally rally against
0: what you would consider the console gamers or hardcore gamers are the same ones that will play Candy Crush or whatever on their phone and waste time right. with that or do jigsaw puzzles or do – or just watch reality tv it's like we all have something that we do yeah. i i always equate the value of gaming to yeah you're at least activating your brain in one way or another and our generation is the most unique because unlike any other generation we grew like our kids are growing up with the internet and computers we grew up with gaming like it was yeah. already in our system if you will like so we yeah. didn't have to, it wasn't a new discovery and right I think, unlike our parents, you're not going to see many, you know, your dad might be the exception, but most dads in 70s or 80s, they're not going to be playing games. I fully expect, even if I couldn't walk, I'd still be sitting there playing a game if I could, you know?
2: Yeah. No, I know. I, I, it is interesting. It's going to be interesting. I've thought about that sometimes, like, um, our generation, like, when our generation's in its 70s, 80s, like, we're going to be, like, the coolest old guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah Because like we'll like we're going to be still gaming and like still like involved with all this tech stuff, and mm-hmm. um, like, it, it's funny to me, because I, yeah, I think of like my grandparents and stuff, and like, they were so <laughs> lame. <laughs> like, in comparison, like, Not really. I, I love. Yeah. I, I love my grandparents. I actually miss them. I actually just lost them. like three my last three alive grandparents passed away a year ago. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, all yeah, the same year. Yeah. Jeez. So, no, I, I am in no way trying to diss that generation. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I was just joking around. Uh, but I was having this conversation with my cousin, Manny, who's on my retro life quite a bit. And we were just saying, like, this is so crazy. Like, um, this whole generation is, is going. It, like, mm-hmm. this, this whole generation is going. And it's, it's like really bizarre. Yeah, it was, it was it was one one family member after another. It was my grandmother, and my it, uh, yeah, it's like my grandmother, my grandfather, and then my other grandmother, and then my great uncle, all in the same year, all, all within a span of like a year and a half, and uh, it was it was so crazy, it was so bizarre, um, and now I, I actually was talking to my wife about this. And I was like, wow, the only living relative of mine on both sides of my family. Of that generation is now uh, Aunt Marilyn. Mm. And I'm like, whoa. It's a – yeah. Yeah. It's It's just really weird to think about.
0: When you – yeah, when you figure out generationally – and I think things like when I got married, one of the things we did with our church was we had to figure out like a family tree – and then through 23 and Me, when you look at a generational thing yeah when you think of it and generationally like a whole line of a tree like what what it represents
2: yeah
0: it it, it yeah it weighs on you a little differently because like you said we're all we're all dads here we're you know hopefully for most people like you still have a generation or two above you but like we're, yeah. we're sneaking up there and it it, yeah. it just gives you perspective it's just it's just different you know
2: yeah, it really does. It definitely makes you appreciate life and, and things a little more. Uh, the mm-hmm. older you get, and uh, you know, it's uh, obviously that's pretty cliche, but it you don't really start thinking about it and and believing it until it happens to you.
0: Yeah, uh, no, it's for sure. Those
2: like things you learn in life. Yeah.
0: No, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I think to go back to what you were saying though, that getting the chance to do that with your daughter and create this this like you know next gen series it's interesting because even though you know we are all stuck in our ways from our nostalgia no matter what there's never going to be a new game that comes out that beats the nostalgic memory of a game that changed your life as a kid so you now get to see through her eyes what game is doing that and for right now for her if it's hyrule warriors like that's not your game, but that's her, like it's her own thing, her and mix, you're gonna yeah. get to see like what that new generation is, and it's gonna be fascinating because it's gonna open your eyes now to like the mindset of the next generations, and it's yeah, yeah it's very it's uh, it's it, you'll become a time capsule for our eight <laughs> bit, sixteen bit, whatever,
2: and she'll be right. like,
0: well, Dad, yeah, I know you like this one, but this is so much better, and you yeah,
2: know. <laughs> she will, and I can already see it because she. She does prefer the more modern games like she really does uh she she her first game that she ever played and it's funny i have a little bit of footage of her like playing it for the first time is mario odyssey mm-hmm. um, oh wow I, I i i'm gonna find like i have a lot of footage of her actually that i haven't utilized in that way i'm trying to figure out like the right time and place to do because i didn't start the series until later uh as far as the my retro life next gen stuff um so like I'm trying to figure out like how do I go back and show that time she was playing Mario Odyssey or the time we actually we we, we filmed us getting um, Kirby on the on the Switch the Shattered Star no what is it called Star uh, Allies Star Allies yeah Shattered yeah. Star what is that uh, but uh yeah Star <laughs> Some Allies Some RPG Yeah it sounds more <laughs> like an RPG it not like a Kirby game um but uh yeah there's a little there's a couple of fun clips when she was younger uh even that I have that I'm still trying to figure out, like how to how to put content out with it and tell a story with it, and so that'll be that'll be coming out at some point. Yeah, I and mean, the, like our
0: parents try to convince us of certain bands, music, movies, and we're like, they're nothing compared to the newer ones we'd listen to, especially at a younger age. It's that tough moment of like, well, my dad was a big Rolling Stones guy, and as a kid, I was like, I don't want to listen to that. I want Green Day, or I want this, or I want that, yeah, and then. Yeah. You know, you grow up and you then appreciate it. But as a young kid, you definitely, what parents like is old and dead to dead. Like, you don't have that appreciation.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was kind of a rare example of that, of, of the opposite, actually, uh, of that. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, that's very normal. Uh, but for some reason, I really latched on to the stuff Dad would listen to because he, he was listening to, um, uh, I mean, like you said, Rolling Stones, uh, The Who, The Kinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, British Invasion bands, The Beach Boys, um, T. Rex, all sorts of classic rock. You know, um, Black Sabbath. Um, you know, you name it. And I, uh, I really, really loved that stuff even as a kid. Yeah. Now, I did, I did have my own stuff that I really liked. Like I would ask about newer bands and stuff, and Dad was, Dad was cool with that too. Honestly, like uh, you know, he, he would, uh, he would, he would get into new bands. I mean, uh, I remember. He got into No Doubt. He got into Third Eye Blind. He got into Soul wow. Asylum in the nice. 90s. Uh, you know, all these cool 90s bands. And we went to the concerts, too. We went to a lot of uh, uh, concerts uh, growing up. I, I went and saw No Doubt with Dad in their Prime back in 97. Tragic, tragic Kingdom tour. Wow. Uh, and awesome. I, I saw them. Uh, yeah. In yeah, no, Ida Prime. Jesus. It, it, was, it was remarkable. Uh, I remember, I think it was Cake opened for them. Uh, and so it was just a killer concert and I was and it was highly impressionable I was uh I was only like 11 or 10 in, in 97 yeah like yeah probably probably 11 at that point that's awesome and uh yeah, yeah such a great concert I'm sitting
1: here my, my dad didn't move past Frankie Avalon so I'm just like <laughs> uh, this is what we're listening to huh dad <laughs>
2: yes we are you know gosh you know it's funny I, I I don't take for granted all that stuff man like I know like Oh, yeah. That dad was a special breed. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it's crazy. Now, you you know, Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say um, so, for like a lot of kids, like for me, like my parents weren't against me gaming, but they were against how much I gamed. Mm-hmm. So, did you ever have that thought in the back of your head where you were worried about your daughter becoming a gamer or like maybe spending too much time with it or getting into it in general or something like that? Like it's a thing you don't want your kid to be that like you almost saw as a flaw because of how you were raised or something like that. Only, Even though you sounds like you had a way different kind of upbringing.
2: Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Um, the only thought in my head uh, about that was, I don't want to force it on her. I don't mm-hmm. want, I don't want her to be like, I'd be like, Hallie, you've got to love video games. Like you've got, you've got to. You, here's, here's Super Mario. You sit here and play it until you, you beat hatch. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, No, I I didn't want to be like that because I I wanted her to be her own person and be her own, um, you know, have her own likes and and things that she loves and whatever that was going to be, I was going to, I was going to um, support that and, and, you know, uh, help her in that and and become into that myself because I, more than anything, I wanted to be her buddy and like my, like dad was for me. Uh, And so, you know, but it just, it just really worked out good because she loves, she loves games like (laughs) I do. so um but uh no yeah you know it's true like uh, anything she gets into i'll i'll still support and try to get into uh you know uh different hobbies and stuff whatever that may be um but it's funny dad like uh it's funny like there were certain things that he couldn't get into he couldn't really get behind like he didn't like michael jackson he couldn't stand michael jackson's music just ran wow Uh, yeah it's weird huh like it's weird but i love michael jackson Uh, like we all did when we were oh yeah kids in the 90s especially and and like uh you know i remember wanting to get the dangerous record when it came out and uh talking to dad about it and him being like yeah you know okay (laughs) like yeah like not being crazy about it (laughs) yeah no like he, he wouldn't go like don't get that or anything like that he would just he was like he actually bought me the history cd uh history of the what was it called history part one or yeah i can't remember what it was something
1: like that yeah, yeah. like the double disc greatest yeah it was, the double with, disc, like, it was a yeah. statue yeah he, i
2: remember him surprising me with that so like he it's not like he was totally against it or anything but it was definitely an artist that he didn't care for um and, and he would kind of let me know at times like you like that he'd go he'd go like you like you like michael jackson i was like yeah okay you know he, he would he'd be supportive like that but it, it is funny though that i wonder sometimes like how will I handle that if there's something that I really don't care for, but like Hallie's really into? Like, I, obviously, I'll, I'll handle it like Dad did. Probably, like I'll just be really supportive, even though I'm kind of like oh, I can't stand that music, you know, or, or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Yeah.
0: No, we. uh I had the similar. Like I said, Green Day was my thing, and I remember my mom being like, "You, you shouldn't listen to They're like, they're like, you know. They're on drugs or something. I was like defending them. No, they're not. Not realizing what I'm looking at on the covers. Or like, I was like, I just like their music. And I'll never forget trying to convince my mom because I didn't know it, but where I went to school, like everyone's like Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, and I was like, Oh, "Oh, that's what I want to get, just because everyone I knew talked. My mom was like, No. I was like, Why not? Like I couldn't even conceptualize as a kid, like why I couldn't have it yep she made the right call back then but still i couldn't like ba- like my mind back then was like oh she just doesn't like modern music
2: yeah you know? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I know, and, and it's all about what what they yeah like because I, I mentioned and what you know, catch on to yeah yeah, yeah that's true
1: <laughs> it, it's actually funny because like my mom was super strict growing up with like you know this is good this is trash blah 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 huge beatles fan and she'd be like this is why she liked them and the Beatles more than this, because the Beatles never did drugs. And looking back, I'm like, dip, dip. Oh, my god! <laughs> yeah. god <that's> biggest <laughs> like she, was, ever. she 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 lives in that little bit of a cloud. Yeah. Even still to this day. Yep. I, I think. And oh, go ahead. Now I was going to say, actually speaking to uh, your doggy style thing, Bri, uh, like when we were growing up as wrestling fans, one of The oh. Rock's phrases was poontang pie. And I would just write random wrestling phrases on, like, my wall. <laughs> so I had poontang pie written there. And my aunt one day is looking, and she's like, what 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 do you have this written here for? I was like, "What? It's what the Rock says." Completely oblivious yep. as like an eleven-year-old. What the Rock? Looking says. back, I was like,
0: "Ew." Do you have any idea it, it's
1: okay?
0: how much right, exactly. trouble I got into for the DX? The uh, you know the socket that, that that Oh yeah, yeah. Not fully grasping, like I had a kind of idea, but not really grasping how crazy mm-hmm. that was as a seventh grade or eighth grade, whatever. You know, it's yeah. You know what's no, really they're, funny? They're
2: millionaires. They know better than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really funny is like back, I was into wrestling big time back in those days too for a while. Like I kind of, kind of got out of it like in the, um, it was sometime in the attitude era. Like I, I stopped really paying attention when the rock and triple H were real big and, Mm-hmm. I just kind of lost. I would jump on every now and then. I'd kind of catch up with what's going on. with yeah. then, you know, John Cena and stuff. Yeah. But I, 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 I didn't regularly watch it. But my favorite wrestler and who I was watching from like when I was hardcore watching it every week was uh, Bret Hart. Oh, and man. it was so funny. You guys are mentioning like uh, DMX and, and The Rock and uh, these, these things that were happening. And it was around that time where Bret Hart was like, it was that whole. Uh, uh, you go
1: in sunny days?
2: No, no, it was all okay. the, the whole Canada like uh, America war thing. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Uh Like war, war on America. Classic. And uh, dude, it was such a crazy thing because I was young. I was too young to understand that it was all like an act. Right. Um. And like, as far as like he, he really didn't hate America. No. Like, <laughs> like, like he. But it was killing me. They were turning him heel, and but it was killing the young fan in me because I was like, no, like, don't. Hate America? I'm like, well, American. Bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm American. You hate me now? Yeah, I like. I took it real personally, and and it got me thinking too. Like, maybe I should hate America.
0: <laughs> Dad, like, I'm gonna become Canadian. Like, like, I was like,
2: if Bret Hart, <laughs> damn, you know, he's got a point. Like, we don't care about our our healthy, our our, our our. I think there's that line he says. You know, we care for our old, we care for our elderly, and like, he's making this big rant, uh-huh. and and I was like yeah yeah the power <laughs> of persuasion the power of and those those are the best promos of his career too yep yeah when you look back it's like man that was such an amazing time uh and especially when he turned heel uh when uh the i quit match with steve austin just yep. just incredible when you when you see what all went into that and and just how it happened how it unraveled the drama the, the, the storytelling involved there, but when I was a kid, it was so funny because I, I didn't understand and I took it real personally.
0: So, are you telling yeah. us you were very close to being a Tyler? It says a boot,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: Did, well, that uh, man, there's a few realizations as, as a kid that are hard truths of things not being real, yeah, Santa, Easter Bunny, but the wrestling one was a unique one because I feel like. Our generation had already like them. I feel I feel worse for the ones that were our age, in the '80s, who really found out wrestling was fake. But mm-hmm. like our generation, like I feel like right from the get, like my dad or or my older brother would be like, you know, it's fake. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, um... like this really. Ha- and then there's that like that switch. It's like you just don't care. You're like, okay, it's fake. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But man, like the the soul crushingness, like you're saying, like brett harder when you find a guy like when hogan turned to hollywood hogan and wcw the reaction from kids i could totally get that and it's
2: yeah
0: that being that naive is something you almost it's the ignorance is bliss it's like with video games and everything else like oh my god i can't believe there's a big twist like this it's something we all aren't like you know really want back
2: killed (laughs) it's so so true i mean i can i can remember those days so well and you're going back to talking about like the home movies and how you you said something about like how your memory is really shaped like because you i have so many of the home movies like i i used to think it was so interesting that so many people i knew friends i knew they would tell me like they don't even remember their they don't remember being five years old or six years old or they don't Mm -hmm. really remember certain things and i'm like I remember like it vividly. I remember I, re- I have, and I think what happened was not only do I have the tapes to look back on and see, and so much footage, um, but I also would watch these tapes when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So like dad would make them and he would dub them to VHS. So he'd film on video eight cassette tape and then he would make VHS dubs of all of our home movies. And, and it was not just the game stuff, you know, it was, it was so much just family stuff. Just regular mm-hmm. family day-to-day stuff, and um, I would, you know, along with my Ghostbusters cartoons, X-Men, and you know, all all sorts of other things, I would watch the home movies like as entertainment. Yeah, and uh, and so I had such a vivid, even as a kid and going growing up, I, I had such a connection with my childhood, and and such a vivid recollection of it, and not just the visual memories, but the feelings, like the, the, the way I felt in all these different instances and the way, and it, and it helped. It really helped. Like I have a lot of memories from those days early, early, that I remember vividly um, that are not on tape. Mm-hmm. And, um and it's, it's crazy to me. Like I, but I'm talking about, like, I can remember them like it was yesterday. Yeah. Like I can remember details and, and, um, just just things about certain certain days and certain times growing up with games. Um, like I'll just shoot off a quick story right here. I remember freaking out, uh, being at my friend's house, Brian, who, who's in the series quite a bit. Um, and, and I was like five or six years old, maybe five, and thinking, oh, my gosh, or maybe even four. And thinking, we can't leave the, the Nintendo on for too long because it's going to blow up. Uh, if you you leave it on for too long it's going to overheat and blow up some some kid gave me that rumor put that in Mm -hmm. my head and i would worry about it in fact i don't know maybe i haven't shown it but there's there's a time i i should talk about this actually there's a time where um i'm at my cousin's house we're having a family dinner oh yeah i have used the clip where manny he says something like um uncle mark you want me to watch me Win super Mario brothers, uh, or super Mario brothers. <laughs> um, and, uh, he could, So it, we're at the dinner table there. Well, the whole context of that dinner table, there's more dialogue. There's more things that dad recorded at that dinner table. And like, you'll see me as a kid looking back to the television. I, uh, we have paused the game. we we've, we've it's like in the background, you can see the TV and the, the, the game is on, I think it was super Mario three. And, uh, I'm, I'm constantly turning my head while I'm trying to eat dinner. And my mom keeps going, Tyler, eat your lasagna, eat your dinner. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, I keep looking back at it. And she goes, don't worry, it's going to be fine. It's, it'll be there when you're done. And, and, uh, but my, my thought, I can tell you, because I remember, but it's not, you know, it's not documented on tape like what I was thinking. But I remember thinking it was going to blow up. Yeah. That if we don't go back to it, it's somehow you know, everything when you're a kid is magnified. Oh, yeah. I, I literally thought the whole machine would just blow up. <laughs> so funny.
0: No, I, that I can fully appreciate. When I look back at fa- like family tapes, it, for a moment, does sharpen all my senses. Like, things yeah. I would not have... I, oh, yeah, I did remember doing this, and I did that because of da-da-da-da-da. And you have such a more complete version of that, whereas the yeah. average person who might have had one videotape a year, if that... Just like, yeah, I remember Christmas, something about yeah, like this system. it's gonna be much more vague, whereas you can get to more minute details, and like you said, there's something to be said like that's our kids, like especially now with us, even if you're not a film you know someone who went to film school, everyone has an iPhone, everyone has a smartphone, you're photoing, you're videoing, you have so much more things captured for the next generation. It's almost sad for them. They almost won't be able to make up a story. Like, we all... They
1: can't escape Yeah, it. we
0: almost embellish stories. Like, because that's part of the fun. You make a story sound better. Like, oh, man, I did this thing that was a 40-foot, like, jump or something. And you're like, it was nine feet. I have the video right here. You're like, yeah. Sh- shut up. You know, like, our, our kids will be... Their entire life will be documented from when they're babies all the little things like it's going to be well documented and captured somewhere. So they're like almost inescapably going to know every detail of every event.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that I never, I never thought about that. I never thought about how people, that whole generation as when they grow up, they're going to have such a better recollection, like you just said, of past events and their, their, their childhood and, and things because of that because of specifically that that's pretty wild that's a cool thought to think about yeah yeah
0: it's like but and it's also good blackmail <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's I mean, like right we joke about our school pictures but like yeah you're like well here's this picture of you uh whining about something i took on my iphone or this or that and it's like now you're trying to be cool at 18 well here yeah, it is no.
1: My three-year-old's favorite thing right now is to run around naked, run up to me, shake her booty, and go poopy butt,
0: poopy butt, <laughs> smack it. And I'll just go keep keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. It, yep. And and you know what? Like it just, I think as time goes on, that'll just get crazier and crazier with what can be recorded on a almost minute by minute basis. And you could literally yeah. like the the one show. I don't know if either of you watch Black Mirror. But I haven't seen it. One of the most fascinating episodes, they're all about technology and how it affect. But one of them was this concept of this like technology where you have a it's like something implanted in you, but you're able to play back any moment of your life. And oh. some people have it from the time they're kids and literally like like a video, you're rewinding it. So you can be like, oh, I just had um, an interview. Let me see where I went wrong. You go back and you rewind it. Yeah. But you overanalyze so much of your past that you almost can't live in the present because you're like constantly looking at old footage. So there's something to be said there too. Like when is it too much?
2: Yeah, no, it's true. And, and it's crazy to think you know, that there, the more as time goes by new technology and all this stuff, that you, you didn't, you didn't, this stuff didn't exist at one point. You, you didn't even have the ability to, to video yourself at one point in the history of time, you know, like like there was a time when the idea of even, if you really want to go back, taking a photograph mm. of yourself, being able to see the past in any way, shape or form was black magic, you oh, know? Yeah. And um, so it's crazy to think that, you know, there was, human beings that lived on this planet for so many years and and centuries that um you know didn't have all that and it's like it makes you wonder like how how much more well adjusted maybe were they you know yeah Yeah. in in a way it's like it's like I, i think that maybe they had a much firmer grasp of like reality and 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 um at least their reality and um I don't know. Maybe they enjoyed life more. Sometimes I think like this. I I think like they
0: value it. Yeah.
2: Right. You know, like like you didn't think about stuff like that. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't think about the past as much, even probably. Yeah, and you're not worrying about what someone halfway across the world thinks of you,
1: and they're just more living in the moment. Also, because they lived to like 40, if they're lucky. But you know, they had to cherish every second they got. Yeah,
2: exactly. And and yeah, when I think about that with photographs, it's like they, they they look at a photograph. Like they never have seen. They don't. They'd have to just have their memory of what they looked like when they were in their twenties, mm-hmm. yeah, forties or fifties. And so they have. You know how people always look at younger photos of themselves and they're like, "Man, I was so young," mm-hmm. uh, and they get that all misty eyed. And man, those days are gone. And uh and and it's like, wait, wait. There's <laughs> there's whole generations of people had no ability to even maybe maybe they remembered and, and w- remembered the old days and wanted to go back but it definitely was different i mean he, our generation
0: almost with technology i think perfected the idea of nostalgia like yes if you think of our parents i don't i don't know any of them other than like maybe how things might have been a little different i don't think any of them clamor for like oh man everything was so much better in the 40s or 50s or like like nowadays it's like oh man the 80s oh man the 90s they keep we keep because we have some kind of footage of like the clothing no the clothing all sucked back then too but we act like we miss it because now we have footage of a simpler time so you know gaming one of the more interesting things is you have your footage of you even playing the retro games but when you play modern games or when you play anything gemini fall down this rabbit hole of we're in this age of you want to capture so much stuff. Can you just sit down, play a game, and completely shut off your analytical brain of, I'm right. just having fun? Or is there always a party that's like, I could use this for a video, or oh, I could use God, this for foot? Like, it, nah, it, it, it really messes with your mind. Like, I. Uh, that's where you said about the YouTube thing, there's been some games I've just decided there's no chance I want to even touch it because I want to enjoy it in the moment and I don't want to, let me get my computer on, let me record this footage, let me do this.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're ever going to kind of create the same kind of memories that you had when you were young, create new ones with new games in the same way, you, you kind of have to shut off the technology. The other, the other step, the social media all that stuff and, and get it out of your mind of like, okay, I got to make a video of this or man, if I'm not recording this gameplay footage, I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. like, like that's, that's, come, that's come to me. I used to, it was sad. I used to tell people back in my retro days, I retro gamer, the first channel I used to tell my cousin or my friends, I'd be like, it's, it's crazy. I only ever, re- I only ever play a game now to record the B roll. Yeah. I call, I call it B roll. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I only ever, whenever I'm playing a game, it's because I have an ulterior motive um, mm-hmm. of of wanting to make a video of it, which in it's in and of itself is not bad if that's what you want to do and that's your project. But then you start thinking and realizing, wait, I don't play games like I used to. I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy them the same way because I have, I have, and in really, the, it's it's work. It, it's becoming work at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 a strange it's a strange thing YouTube and especially the gaming side of YouTube and, and trying to, you know, have fun doing it, but also wanting it to grow obviously with anything you want, you want a project that you're pouring your heart and soul into. You want it to succeed on some level.
1: Yeah. Um, right. I
2: don't, I, I don't ever subscribe to that group of like, you know, I mentioned before, obviously do it because you're passionate about it and do it because you love it. But I don't subscribe to the group of like, if you, um, you you can't be disappointed like i i don't <laughs> i don't ever subscribe to that group because it, yeah, that's,
1: yeah. Mm. that's
2: not that's not human nature that's not you know you you're, you're going to be disappointed if nobody watches your show of course yeah. stuff like that i mean that's just natural and to put that on somebody like oh you should just like you should just be passionate you
1: should do it for the love yeah, do just it for, it for the love right.
2: yeah do it cuz you love it like no i never do that obviously <laughs> you know definitely I mean, the driving force in you should be if you want to not burn out that you love it and you, and you're going to do it until yeah. you're 60 or whatever, you know? Uh, but, um, I actually, I take that back. You don't have to do it till you're 60. If you don't want to, yeah. but, <laughs> if, uh, I, if um, I'm still doing this when I'm 60, <laughs> gee, I know, oh. right? but, but like, yeah, I, I, I say this to encourage anybody who's who's maybe struggling, um, with, with YouTube is to, You know, disconnect from the analytics of it all. Disconnect from, um, you know, keep going. Keep going with it if you're enjoying it. I'll say it again. Like I said it before, I don't know if it was before we started talking in the recorded version of this, but do it because um, you love doing it and it's not taking away from your life. Like as far as it's Mm -hmm. not making your life more stressful or more Mm -hmm. worse in some fashion, YouTube should not own you. You should own YouTube and be in control of it. Um, Anytime with anything, if it gets this foothold in your life, where you are now consumed by it it controls your every if you oh, i got to get a video out oh i've got to do this to meet the algorithm oh maybe if i if i type in uh, the the title of the video a certain way or have a certain thumbnail mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look, <laughs> i've tried all of these no, Jared, no, they've I, never worked me i have too and you know you you get too caught up in that and then all of a sudden it becomes stressful, it becomes a job, it becomes all these things that you don't want it to be. Um, And that's, that's when I think a lot of people burn out is, uh, is because it's, it's, it's no longer giving to their life, it's taking away. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I mean, like, you can be all that to say, you know, obviously, disappointment is real, keep going. If you're if you're struggling, keep going, unless it's, it's just really a, it's a burden, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, you
1: know, I mean, that hits really close to home because, like, Brian and I, we've been doing this page for God, almost eight years now, and like, it's never, it's never been the kind of page that's ever taken off and stuff like that. But it's also, it's like, eh, it's still one of the hobbies that I have left. Especially with COVID, it's not like I can play shows anymore or anything like that. So, sure, yeah, it's luckily still that thing where it's like, it's still fun to do, even though like you. You put out a video, even if it's, like, a. there's always, you know, the stuff you really put time into, and there's easier content that you can just throw out there. Yeah. And even then, it's just, like, I, I think you need to have, like, parameters, too, to keep yourself from going nuts. Like, I, like I spent too much time opening the YouTube app, like, on the phone <laughs> and seeing the analytics. Yeah. Like, oh, well, <laughs> oh, ninth out of tenth of my most recent. Oh, that's a kick in the nuts. <laughs> but it's also, like, Ah, uh, what are you gonna do? Because yeah. at least like I still have those set rules where it's like I never work on content until my kid goes to bed. Yeah. So it's that kind of deal where like I'm trying not to let it like it, it's, if it's gonna happen, it'll happen. If it doesn't, it's been doing it long enough where it hasn't. So like I don't have to have these delusions of grandeur. At least oh, I can still yeah. prioritize in the meantime. Well, yeah, and Jim
0: and I like yeah that yeah, we t- we talked about this like who man we killed ourselves at the at the beginning it was like. Oh, we're gonna do an entire month, all thirty days dedicated to every Simpsons video. And Whoa. we every single day I was churning out a video like we recorded the stuff and I you know, it burnt we did that, we did Mortal Kombat, we did Superman, we did every wow. version and we did this like in tandem day month after month for a while and it was just like all right, the real purpose of this was for excuse for Jim and I. Let's get together find a day a week where we sit down, play games together, give it our review because we were like, oh, we can review better than other people because we have different, you know, know, it was just an excuse to get together and have fun. And then when it became that thing of like we're trying too hard to make a theme month or do this, and then it was like, all right, let's get together when we can. And the podcast was a nice intermediate because one of the things, Jim is all, like he's a social media guy. Whether he likes it or not, he's doing that and i have a problem (laughs) yeah but it's like we do enjoy talking with people doing this right now (laughs) like talking with you talking with guests is a really fun thing and doing the podcast is another fun excuse of us to be able to share gaming memories just talk kind of bs with people whether we know them or not and it's just that is ultimately like the best value of video games to us so we still try like okay if we can we'll get out a, a couple reviews a month we're never going back to getting 30 reviews out in a month like that's oh, beyond yeah. nuts
1: i i don't know how you did that it, uh, that sounds
0: insane it, it was yeah. too much but it's like one of those deals where now we're like we made it packed we're like let's just either do reviews for like people from our patreon or whatever that want to talk about a specific game or wants to talk about a game or we give each other games that we think we'll really enjoy and let's just really hyper focus on those yeah. so like you evolved with yours that was the same with us we, we got to a point where we're like we just can't do it all we do little pet projects like we do it like top tens six mm-hmm. packs because we want to find an avenue to do it and those are enjoyable because we're getting our true feelings of something out there one way or another but yeah, the uh, the idea of maintaining a very rigorous schedule—it's not attractive at all.
2: Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's just it becomes a little unrealistic. I think you gotta you gotta dream big, obviously, with your projects, and there's always hope for growth and stuff like that. But you you also something that has helped me actually um, in not like you know really. It's actually funny. There, if you, have you guys heard the new Weezer album?
1: I haven't heard it yet, but I hear good things. Like I hear my one buddy was talking earlier today, and the one song he's like, "It's the most relatable song." One song's just about him putting on audiobooks and zoning out.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a good album, and it's it was it was recorded at Abbey Road Studios where Beatles did Abbey Road. Oh and wow! They, and they they actually used like a stream a, a full orchestra like throughout. Mo- it's like it's like their Rubber Soul basically. It, it, okay. It's kind of, or sorry, not Rubber Soul, Revolver. It's it's like yeah. their Revolver. What like Eleanor Rigby? You know. Anyway my point in bringing this up is that there's a song on there. I just thought of it. It's called numbers. And it's, he's talking about analytics and how we're always looking at numbers uh, and followers. And he's talking about social media and stuff like this. And, you know, Rivers is, is lamenting his desire to, you know, the, the, to, for that to grow and stuff like that. And uh, I, you know, I, I, along with so many, I think millions of people, um, you know, relate to that in this generation and in, in this world we live in now. And it's like, how do you, you, you can't, you can't go, you can't go there. You you can't, because here, here's the, the logistics of it are that you're probably not going to be one of those people that like make a living out of this or something like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to crush anybody's dreams at all. I don't want to ever say I don't, it absolutely can happen. Um, and you know, I, I work full-time. I, this is not a full-time thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one day that would happen. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. It, realistically, probably not. Um, and you have to kind of look at, um, look how many people want something like that to happen. Look, look, like oh, yeah. think, of, think of all the millions of people on YouTube and how many people are trying for that same, think of it in, in a terms of like, um, like a job position. Um, there's so many people vying for that same job position in competitive fields and stuff like that. Well, the same thing is happening on YouTube. There's so much competition and there's so many people vying for that coveted thing that you want, which, which may be full-time, you know, maybe this or that. Um, And the, the, the odds of that actually happening, there's just not, there's just not enough reality. You know what I mean? Like you can't really, there's so many people that are, going for it that not everybody can get it. Oh, for sure. And, and like, so,
1: Yeah. And I was going to say, what do you call it? Justin Wang last week, like, especially during, like, the boom of, like, all the, like, the meme stocks and stuff like that, he put out a tweet, and he was like, oh, my God, my life is basically boiled down to number go up good, number go down bad. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, damn, that hits way too
2: that's, hard. No, yeah, I know, and that's, that's kind of sad, you know? It's like, you, you can't live, you can't live life like that um and i'm glad you hit
0: that because you as we've been talking that was one of the things i was trying to find the right way to say and you said it much more eloquently than i would have um because you said you're like i'm not trying to crush anyone's dream but the truth is just like anything not that it's a direct competition but in in a theory it's like yeah there's only so many views that so many people can give out and, you know, how many video game channels are there? How many this channels are there? And you're already competing against general channels on YouTube. Now you hyper-focus just to gaming. And it's like everyone, you know, hey, oh, I have this unique take on it. I have this. If you're not enjoying it, don't join the struggle. Like, unless, and, and, you know, while there are cases of people, whether it be Twitch, YouTube, you can make a living off of it. I would highly recommend don't think that's going to ever be your primary source of income or your primary job. Like even with our kids, mm-hmm. with your daughter, you're making this footage, but I don't think you would ever truly encourage her to be like, yeah, don't do anything else with life. Just focus on gaming. Right. You know, exactly. like you're going like, to get an
2: education. Don't, you yeah. know, don't, don't do all this. Yeah. I mean, like even, even guys that um, just off the top of my head, RGT 85, Sean,
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. he's gone full time, but it didn't start that way. And he didn't realistically even think he could do it until it started looking suddenly like he could, you know, he, he didn't go into what I'm trying to say, at least from what I gathered, I don't think he started YouTube and doing what he was doing with the idea that I'm going to do this full time. I mean, yeah. And and so, but, it but he kept doing it cause he loved it. He was passionate about it. He enjoyed it. And then it got to a point where it suddenly started to look like, oh, well, maybe there is a pathway to to this. But the bottom line is his heart about it was not, I'm in this for the followers and I'm in this for the career and this sort of yeah. thing. It was, I'm right. in this because I enjoy this and it's fun. And it, it, at one point it just was like, he just got to that point where it was like, okay. And I think that's like that for a lot of, a lot of the guys that, um, that have uh, done really well, um, is, and, and that's part of what helped them get to that point was that I think their heart about it going into it. Wasn't that that's, that's how they were able to maintain that level of passion and excellence and, and moving forward, um, was because they would be doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, huh. And, but yeah, uh, it, it's, yeah. All that to say like, yeah, I would, I would discourage. I would, if you're go, if whoever's watching, if you're going into YouTube and you're, you're excited, be excited, dream big, have these, you know, ideas and, and aspirations, but don't only be in it to make it a full-time gig or be successful or famous or anything like that, because. And almost, almost to make it full circle with your dad,
1: YouTube is, running off to Hollywood that you can do at home. Yeah. So everyone wants to do it, but only a certain amount are going to be the lucky ones who really, you know, take off doing it.
2: Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and it's and we talked about comparison earlier, you know, like it, it's one of the, the hardest things. It's so easy to see somebody else's life or somebody else's success and say to yourself, oh, man, I wish I had that. Or why can't that be me? And But if you do that, if you constantly are focused on that, you're going to miss out on what is right in front of you. Yep. And, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to, you don't want to look back at your life years from now and be like, man, I wait, I, I spent so much time just worried about like the future and worried about other people and, and worried about where I'm, what I'm doing, my career, all this stuff, you know, it's just, just like live in the now and 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 enjoy life, have fun, um, yeah. Only one you get. Yeah. No,
0: I mean you hit the nail on the head, and yeah, to, to really capsize that, like if you're going in it for any idea of money, just like the people watching stocks recently, like Jim alluded to. Oh gosh. Like yeah. if you're not informed, if you're not to the moon. if you're not doing it with true intentions of like why you're doing it. Speaking of, probably going to get hurt. And,
1: yeah. and,
0: and, and, you know, we, you know, and if you're someone who's like, I could see somebody making money from this and the other, it's all great to try what you want to try, but just have that realistic expectation. Like when I was a kid, I was like, I want to become a wrestler. That was my thing. And then it was like by seventh grade, eighth grade, I was like, all right that's probably not going to be the thing. But it, there's that mentality of switch of like, you know have a realistic expectation and if you are lucky enough to have any type of monetization any type of followers any type of patreons any type of supporters yeah then just be thankful for them like jim and i we've said many times we are more than thankful people who follow us on patreon we love you guys it helps support maintains our site maintains our servers maintains things like that can't be thankful enough but we're not like that's going to be the thing that pays our bills but yeah, once again yeah. it's like everyone we are able to connect with it's it's such a blessing if you will like of how mm. much you know hey you like listening to us you like connecting with us we appreciate it to the max
2: yeah and and that's uh that's you know that's kind of a, a lesson for life you know it's like um you're like that with like your viewers you're saying um you got to be like that with uh all the people in your life you know mm-hmm. all, all your your friends your, your family yeah, we're we're getting real, real real deep here, but oh yeah, <laughs> I uh, I, uh, I was just having conversation um, with my wife about um, and and putting my cousin Ryan on the spot right here if he's watching, um, if you ever watching. Oh, he better. If you if ever watching? He better. But uh, Jim
0: wants to see that subscriber count go up by one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like. I was getting footage for this new My Retro Life episode that I'm working on, and a lot of it has to do with my cousin Ryan, who he's only been featured in a few episodes up until this point, but he's in this one. It's all about ghouls and ghosts, and our ghosts and goblins, both both. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> um, but he was in he's in a lot of this footage. I'm transferring the footage. I ended up watching like this whole tape um, because I was so transfixed on. My family and uh, like was, this is my family that lives in Dallas, and uh, it's my cousin Ryan, my aunt Sharon. We just recently lost um, my uncle Rick, um, and he was in it with them. And I, it was weird. I was I was watching this footage, and uh, I got the clip I needed of ghouls and ghosts, ghosts and goblins. and Ryan and I playing it, and then I was like, I, I just kept watching the whole thing. Anyway, long story short, I uh, ended up this morning texting my cousin i hadn't talked to him in a while and i you know i just kept thinking about you know i saw uncle Brick in the footage and we just lost him recently and i was just like man like i haven't i haven't talked to my cousin in forever in in a long time and you know i just i just shot him a text hey was watching this footage of us back in 89 (laughs) i was like three years old and you know and and i saw how great he was with me as a three year old. And it made me think about, you know, the importance of, of him in my life, you know, uh, how important he is to me. And I just said, love you guys. And just wanted to tell you that. Um, and you know, wrote, 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 he wrote me back, love you too. And it's so yeah, all that to say, you know, time keeps moving forward. And before you know it, you're gonna you don't want to live life with any regrets. So anybody watching too wants to maybe talk to somebody that you haven't talked to in a while or something like reach out to people you love and stuff because they're, you know, not going to be around forever. You know, life is fragile and, and uh, just enjoy life. Sorry. I don't mean to get so like deep. No, in, no, 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 no. Um, we
0: appreciate, I mean, that is, you have that, like you said, you're talking about it and it's making me think similar things. Like if I were to look at footage of something, yeah. I would get that same feeling of family members or whatever. And it is very, uh, think about the now, think about this, think about that. But keep yourself grounded. And family is one of those things. Family, friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's easy to like, oh, uh, you know, we talk on a daily basis because we do, we, we text or whatever. But like, you know, yeah, have a real conversation with your the people that are most important to you. Because at some point, we all just become a photo that someone looks at in the past you know yeah that's the reality of it like footage whatever that's your legacy to a t and you know that that is more heartfelt that you're going through this footage and now you're making more real connection and it ties back to what we said like that generational gap of oh yeah like there's that human element which is what makes mm-hmm. it all you know the special part
2: yeah yeah no yeah. absolutely and um yeah it's uh yeah
0: no, no, no. I hear you. What else can I
2: say? Yeah.
0: No. But no, it does go, you know, like I said, we – being connected with people is the most important thing. And I'll yeah. say for Jim and I, we absolutely love talking with folks, talking with you. And, you know, I mentioned our Patreon. And one of the things we love doing is like, hey, we get the little chance we can – whatever we can give back whether it's reviews or whatever but one of the more common things we always do on the podcast like let's hear our patreon questions of like hey what do you guys want to hear from us because sometimes they're wacky they like what are your favorite fast foods or what are your this and i love that because it's they're trying to get past just what are your general opinions you start to appreciate people and that's one of the things we always have as a recurring bit is like let's talk about our patreon questions
1: yeah. and jim
0: i know we got a couple in Um, Right, that might
1: be the best transition we've ever had into this segment. I just got to put that out there,
0: right now. Well
1: done, well done. Normally, it's just like speaking of money, Patreon.com. But uh, no, no,
0: it, it did have us thinking. And like I said, one of the things that drives me and Jim is now like we do truly appreciate talking with people, and like talking with you. We haven't had a chance to talk to you in person like this before. We love meeting and talking with people and patreons we have a closer relationship because we talk on a more regular basis but it's at the end of the day that's the most important thing and that's the fun of gaming is sharing those experiences with people who can understand or appreciate them
2: absolutely and that's uh real quick i just want to add yeah you know the the retro community um like the people, the friends I've made, um, the the people—it's—it's it's really, you know, that's another driving force. Uh, is that the the community is just so cool, uh, and these these like-minded people that are, are of your age—it's—it's it's about community. It's about uh, friendships. It's about people, um, and I think that's another thing that drives us, uh, drives us to keep producing content and p- keep being a part of it. Uh, you know. And that's what I always try to do, you know, with my show. I always try to bring it back to the point of the point of my retro life is that it's not about the games. It's about the family. It's about the people. It's about the memories. The the shared experiences that the games provided for you and those that you
0: you mm-hmm. loved.
2: And uh, and uh, I, I, I think I hope that gets across. I think that, that gets across. Oh, For yeah. sure. definitely. I think
0: it does without a doubt. And that's the only reason why things like Console Wars exist is because we do love it so much and we care. And unfortunately, you and Jim are both Genesis fans the most. Look, <laughs> well, Brian, don't be mad
1: we have taste, all right? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Listen, listen you both Friggin just want to be Normally trash like... with your Mario games. <laughs> listen,
1: listen. I have man. 10 32X games. Darn it. Yeah, you, i dive die trash we... status.
0: Jim, you and I have played all 32X games, and we both know... X.
2: It might not have been as necessary. I was looking at both of your collections behind you, and I was like much more drawn to gyms Oh, of course. I was well, like, for you, I was like, you well, what, and G. What, what are those yeah, exactly. <laughs> What are those 32x games back there i think i see shadow squadron yeah yep right (laughs) here. yeah i see it yeah i can tell don't don't worry
0: all uh seven of my genesis games aren't going to impress you because none of them are crazy great titles but they're Uh, all for some reason you know i can tell you've got all of these are crazy great (laughs) titles yep i got altered beast dracula it's kind of a
2: yeah no i was gonna say it's kind of a fun game is like can you tell from that blurred picture in the background what by just by the spines What games are in the collection? (laughs) How how uh, bad is your retro gaming sickness that you can just tell that? Right, right, exactly. (laughs) From a one twenty (laughs) p picture. There's the one on the end of your Genesis games, Brian. This one. The red one, yeah. That high seas happens. This will help you. No, no, it's not. Okay, Street Fighter. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always forget about that Super Street Fighter version on Genesis. I, I always forget. I forget that. I always remember the Championship one, mm-hmm. and I forget that they ever released Super Street Fighter. Yeah, Genesis. yeah, they did. It's almost like Genesis? weirdly forgotten.
1: Like everyone talks about Championship.
2: I'm like, I grew up with Super. Yeah, and that's that's the better version, I think, right? Like well, as far as like, the port, how how it plays. Um,
1: uh, most people say the Super NES port's better. Like, I mean, this sounds pretty
2: much garbled. Oh but... no, I'm sorry, I meant yeah, compared to Championship.
1: Oh, between that and Championship.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Is, is that,
2: is, I, that a, is that a flip of the coin?
0: I I think this one is better. I, I like Jim, Super better. Jim, yeah, like okay. I think I think it's better. But no, it's funny because Jim and I, I, I I bust his balls on it. But the reality always was, my brother had a Genesis. I had the Super NES. Yeah. And the only reason my brother had a Genesis because he was a sports games guy. Like oh, at yeah. the end of the day, that was the number. And I would try to get more wacky games that yeah since it was his system i really didn't have the time so and i naturally was just like oh i like the super NES because that's what i got to play the most but no i but jim i always joke with because i'm like that's just because now it's a a weird system that you can be like well it's like liking barry horowitz back in the day for wrestling like you just like the random <laughs> the random <Yeah>. whatever <laughs> the texas tornado oh yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Some> <laughs> poor, poor one foot carry uh yeah, <laughs> that's why that? I'm just gonna c- cover up the CDI collection over here. <laughs> 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 it got big. Like,
2: imagine somebody's favorite wrestler, like just randomly being, uh, what was it, Bobby Valentine or something like that, or, or the was Hammer, Bar- the, Val- Hammer oh, Valentine. Greg the Hammer, Greg
0: the Hammer. Yeah.
2: Like, yep. I mean, I guess he has his fans. Bobby was a manager, so we're in for off.
0: No, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. Greg the Valentine. That's what I'm saying. There were yeah, Greg.
2: That's what I'm thinking. Greg, yep. Greg the Hammer Valentine, yeah. That poor bastard is that, is that still goes it?
1: to every convention. <laughs> oh, he's man. he's not as bad as Virgil with the lonely things, but he just kind of sits there. It's like, ah, oh, poor Hammer.
2: Listen, yeah, Jim, it's so funny, but imagine, I, I don't know how many people, like, he's their favorite wrestler. <laughs> but then you got people like Jim,
0: who was like, you know what, like, I loved WrestleMania 12, but man, Goldust stole the show. He pushed show for me. boundaries,
2: Jim. But but nobody <laughs> no, Goldust, bought a Jim.
0: ticket for him.
2: Like, was that the one where it's the backyard? Him the, with the, Piper. Yeah. Back out the, yep. the, backyard, the him, back alley fight with yep. Piper is yep. incredible. Oh my gosh. Oh Thank yeah, you. that yeah.
0: that that is still for nostalgia strictly probably my favorite at WrestleMania because also I was a Shawn Michaels fan. He won mm-hmm. the title there. Like there was a lot behind that. But is that, that also
2: Iron Man match? Yep. That That was the first Iron Man match. It's like the greatest WrestleMania. Oh, for sure. It ever was. I think. Yeah. That was actually
1: the first like wrestling event I ever watched because my buddy knew I had my legal cable and he was like, "Can I watch WrestleMania?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. Come on over." And I was like, "What's
2: this?" The first wrestling event I ever watched that got me into wrestling. Well, I I would catch you know Saturday night main event um, main event on TV with my family uh, and my dad. would watch it and. When I was a little kid, I'd react, you know, to the the the, uh, the wrestlers and the costumes and the loud personalities and all that stuff. But, but then I rented by '92. I rented Royal Rumble '92, oh. uh, hmm, hmm. and I, I rented that and I kept renting it <laughs> because I loved it so much. I'd watch it so many times. I, I, I swear, it's a perfect I, Rumble. I, I, I know with Ric Flair, uh, just his, th- just everything about that. It. it blew me away as a kid like especially because i really like like that night, nativity you know kind of not night i think i never say that word right naivete I mean, naive, <laughs> naivete as i was say, yeah uh i uh i just was like in awe of everything that was happening that whole event that i mean every fight um the uh, orient express versus uh, the new heart foundation yeah uh no. the the whole drama with like uh the mounty Uh, And
1: Piper, uh, yep.
2: And Piper match and Uh and just like everything leading up. And then all of a sudden you get this rumble that was like, you know, I don't know. The story it told was, uh, yeah. Yeah, with all their introductions too. Like I watched the, it was the Coliseum video. I miss miss
1: them just yelling into the mic at 30 seconds each before the match.
2: Yes, that was incredible. I mean, they're all giving you a little short little synopsis of what they're their emotion is going into the ring, and you you have a chance then to like kind of pick your favorite and like pick like I don't know, it was great. It was just so so like, good. You know, Bushwhacker Luke's you... not
1: lasted longer than eight seconds, yeah. but he still got a little bit of a promo to be like, well, maybe Bushwhacker Luke has
2: a chance. Yeah, maybe he could do it. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Ric Flair coming in at number three, you just never. You, you you never suspected he would You're win. Right, like, there's
0: no chance. And th- that's yeah. what like the storytelling of that generation and yeah. in through the 90s was the the key and the cutting the promo, the doing that like yeah, regardless of if your favorite was whoever it was, Texas Tornado, name whoever yeah. you want. Like if that was who, your guy, that promo made you believe much more. Like, oh man, nowadays yeah. it's so much Ten times more predictable almost down to a science that there's no true personality it's all about like let's do a crazier high-flying move than we did last year let's do uh we're almost exited than we did last year whereas back then it was like wow like there's a story being told
2: yeah with with all of them you know mm -hmm. they all have a story
0: yeah i mean it's funny because Shawn michaels became my favorite i absolutely despised him uh, Jim and I were going back and forth. We were joking about it. he would hate it on the '95 Royal Rumble, but the fact that Shawn Michaels won <laughs> is number one. I was a British Bulldog fan who was number two, and yeah, he I eliminated when Shawn eliminated him at the end. I was yeah. with like my brother, and my cousins, and I was like, he cheated! I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He was out. Like I remember freaking out and could not believe that. And then like I turned as a Shawn Michaels fan, but like. You don't get those kind of reactions from, I feel like, any fan these days. It's very rare these days. Like, now it's so just scripted of, like, I know the guy that should win based on this. It goes back to analytics and this and that. Like, the drama, the storytelling of it all is is gone.
2: I think they really need to overhaul it. They really need to shake it up. They Uh, need to stop
1: scripting the promos. Let people, you know, fail or flourish on their own. That's how you make a star. Oh, yeah.
2: That's... That's absolutely right. I used to, I remember watching uh, documentaries, guys like Bret Hart talking about like not knowing how to even cut a promo and how terrible he was (laughs) like when he first started. Uh, I think I was watching, yeah, the Bret Hart documentary, uh, like on the DVD box set. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's like, but he learned, he grew from it. He, he, he cut the promo. He did it. And he, He might've been terrible, but he got better as he went. And, um, yeah, those guys were pioneers. Those those, mm-hmm. those guys were they were creating what became what we what we see today and what we know yep. today. So and everybody's trying to just duplicate what they did and so it's not as genuine I think too. I think it's not as like um you know from the heart even no pun intended. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's partially also why I kind of stopped watching too is like I just – I don't know. It just seemed – it didn't seem to – it, it kind of seemed phoned in. It kind of seemed like there was no soul to it, you know? like There is a definite drop-off. Yeah. It's
0: been a problem for decades almost at this point. And yeah, it's like yeah. they've had moments of like, oh, they might be capturing it again. And then as Jim alluded to, like they just squash it because it's so whoever. But it's one of those – yeah, like it really is – it was a capsule in time and it's funny because our generation will always be like hey that attitude era that was such a goal like the 80s oh, yeah. was a golden age for a different era the attitude was like that idea of like cutting promos and being yeah. more than just about wrestling being true drama for people and right right they they, they just won't be able to capture it. like there's too much other stuff involved at this point and it's like whatever it had its time it doesn't
2: always have to be on top like it used to be well, and then you had the competition with, like, WCW. That was amazing. And, yep. and how they, they, they fed off each other. They, like, they, you know, it was like Sega and Nintendo, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was like, who's going <laughs> to one-up each other? Who's going to, you know. Yeah, competition
0: it was, it, drives the most important parts of it. I mean. It does. Uh, it's funny because you look at whatever you want to think of AEW. It's not comparable to what WCW was back in the day and, you look at the super yeah. nes versus sega genesis there's a reason that was the most crazy rivalry because i mean after that you could argue a tiny bit of like playstation n64 Yeah. nobody gave two craps about gamecube versus dreamcast yep. versus ps like at that point it was like almost lock set and like all right you're either this camp or this camp you weren't fighting anymore and nowadays there's a little bit of that, like, Xbox-Sony stuff. No, you know what?
1: They're actually... It's pretty intense, but, like, our circle doesn't really see it because we don't really care as much because we're older. Right, but right. if you ever, like, delve deep into some, like, threads on Twitter, it's like, wow, you guys really... You don't really care this much these days. All right. But, yeah, see, this I, is I, where I,
0: feel- I argue, Jim. You and me and Tyler, we all grew up making the arguments in a schoolyard. I right. truly believe this arguments only occur on Twitter and Reddit and fake yeah. social be like I feel like in person you're not going to sit there and truly argue that hard even as I don't kid. even think they
1: know how to anymore
0: that's my point like so I yeah. feel like now it's the fun thing to you just pick a bandwagon and jump on online and now you're in that camp but in person you'll be like oh we all agree we like this new modern game that's on both systems you know like yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's People don't want to have that... Con- even playfully, don't have that conversation anymore in real life. And it's just like, oh, let me hop on my phone real quick. Got a vent. Exactly. Got a vent. I, ha- I don't have a picture on my profile. I Got a vent. <laughs> oh gosh, you
0: know. <laughs> Those days.
1: <laughs> but now to terribly do a transition to get back to our patreon questions yeah we, tr- yeah. we transitioned we, we off start, we started talking <laughs>
2: about wrestling and then people watching. Like, whoever doesn't like wrestling is going to be like oh man like here we go We're they all like the colors. glory days <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no but you know it's funny i'm sorry you i don't want to do this again throw you off but i will say there are so many <laughs> retro gamers that love wrestling oh they they are. Are. It's, it's almost we,
0: in tandem I, there's no yeah. one i don't know who loves retro gaming that Hates today, like that old school wrestling. Like everyone is usually, yeah. even if you weren't a huge fan, you're like, yeah, I appreciated it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah
1: we're all of like that same certain old kind of deal. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: But all right, for Patreon questions. First off, from Gamer Astral, favorite console launch ever, and Hua. Mm.
2: Let's see, favorite console launch. That so was know. already done. Like ten videos like this. Yeah, well, it does get. Oh, I don't know if that... I, not Console launch doesn't get asked a lot. Favorite console gets asked a lot. Uh, but uh, console launch, I'd say my favorite console launch was probably the... Ooh, this is just off the top of my head. Probably the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. Sega Dreamcast. Um, there was so much going into that emotionally for me, loving sega this was like a big new like this was going to be their return to f- to claim to fame you know kind of like come back come back system mm-hmm. and uh, there was so i was i was you know 13 years old it's uh, so super ripe age in 1999 mm-hmm. uh for for i don't know everything clicked with that system and uh the 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 launch was amazing because they spent a lot of money and that actually is what really hurt them in the long run too yeah but uh, they spent so much money on advertising these big commercials i think one played during academy awards or or something something big and it was you know i don't know if you remember those commercials where the 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 lady is like running and it's like this like futuristic looking utopia of like japan and she's trying to steal these plans from like a building like she's a spy Mm -hmm. and and it's the it's like the dreamcast is what she's what she's stealing is what you find out and um, it, it's a very vague kind of commercial where you don't know what it is. And then at the end, it said, it's thinking, you know, that that was their big slogan. It's thinking. It mm-hmm. would whisper it. And then all it said at the bottom was like Sega.com. And so it was just real like, like at what the is time, the yeah. <laughs> trendy, trendy way of advertising the new Sega console. So it felt huge. It felt like, oh my gosh, like they're, this new console is going to be better than anything they've ever done. And so uh, that would be my favorite console launch, I think. And it was such a killer library when it came out. The Soul Calibur, um, uh, what else was on there? Ready to Rumble Boxing, Sonic oh. Adventure, uh, House of the Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were all launch titles. And it was, uh, I think, Virtua Fighter 3. Uh, there was, It was just an amazing uh, launch. Threath,
1: the weirdest named game ever. Yeah,
2: yeah 3TB, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see i'm going with a uh, ps2 similar timeline but it was yeah. it was me going into high school that year It was in 2000 and i remember <clears throat> i already had like side jobs so i remember like i didn't think i had quite enough but i like came out in october which was my birthday so i convinced my parents i was like if i give you some money can i also get this with a game and they were like yeah okay like we'll get it and i at that point i was so in the ps1 like obsession um between like i'm a resident evil huge resident evil fan i was a castlevania like there were so many games on ps1 that i was getting obsessed with um that the ps2 i remember getting like gran turismo 3 and omni musha as my first two games and uh, seeing the graphics on i was like my god yeah. like this is insane the fact that this new technology that could also play dvds which were still a new thing at the time there mm. was just a mind-blowing melding of like i can use this as watching movies and doing this. like the, it, yeah. it blew my idea of entertainment system yeah and it really like i still probably have the most games collected for it because you cause have a lot
2: of ps2 games yeah
0: i was that was at the age where i was always i was had a job and all of my money would go to like let me get a new game let me get a new game and so I can remember taking that system with me if I would go down to shore or something. So that system has a lot of nostalgia for me for those reasons.
2: Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah,
1: I actually never had a console like at launch. Like I was always a couple years down the line before I would ever get one or my parents would buy me one. So the closest I ever had to a launch for a console is actually the 3DS because that's the first... That was the first, like, big gift that my girlfriend at the time, now wife, ever, like, got me. So, it was shortly Mm -hmm. after we started dating. So, she was like, well, let me buy you a 3DS. Do you want one? And I was like, I wasn't really planning on it. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, then sure, of course. (laughs) So, yeah. And, like, not even... I was never a big handheld gamer anyway. So, because, like, I didn't have a Game Boy growing up or any of that. It all came down the line. And, unfortunately, I dropped it only about two feet and the freaking screen cracked. And I... (laughs) Gonna <laughs> get it fixed until way later, uh, but... Uh, so, yeah, like, I could have had, like, this... Like, I could have had a 3DS library as big as my Genesis library right now, but I got, like, a solid, like, 30-some games on it. But, yeah, just, like, for, like, that, like, emotional impact, I'll say the 3DS gets it for me. Yeah.
0: Nice.
2: A huge component, that emotional...
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. ties time it all, too. Yeah. yeah. Next no, up... a great question, Astral. Appreciate it, bud.
2: Yep. Yeah. Next up, from
1: Eric Lowacki what is the one arcade game you guys have played that you would like to try out again on a cabinet?
2: Golden Axe Revenge of Death Adder. Ah. Um, Nice. It's, uh, I knew immediately (laughs) because like that game I played back when it came out uh, in our, uh, we had a place called Celebration Station uh, chain. I don't know if they had them where you you guys are uh, in Philly, but uh, maybe it's more of a, Texas thing yeah but um it was like a putt putt golf um you know uh, batting cages bumper boats arcade type of family fun center and uh they had golden golden axe revenge of death adder and we loved golden axe one and two on the genesis huge fans of the series and then this game was just unbelievable it was it was just the the, the sprite scaling the um the size of the sprites the the animations it was it was incredible and we wanted so badly for it to come out on home consoles and it never did and it never truly has until the the new astro mini import from japan just came out last year or something Mm -hmm. uh and uh it uh it's on there and you can also do the arcade one up Mm -hmm. uh came out for it so it's finally coming out in these ways but but that's the that's the one I would want to play, the original arcade camera, because I have such great memories of discovering that thing and then it becoming, like, this lost arcade game for me. Like, I, I never saw it again either. Yeah, it's uh, also uh, funny
1: yeah. because, like, the original PCBs are really prone to failure too.
2: Wow. So, like, there's yeah. a
1: lot of people out there who have the original thing, but, like, they get no sound out of it. It glitches oh, out man. after a while. Like, they were, like, kind of crappily made, so... It's even, yeah. like, more rare that, like, it's good that we're getting it out finally in, like, one way or
0: another. Thankfully,
2: yeah, thankfully, like, the original source code or whatever wasn't lost either. Yeah. Um, and people dumped it, and, you know, it's... Gosh, you know, it's a good thing. It's off on a tangent, but I'm really glad, like, we don't have too many lost games yeah. out there. Like, lost media. <laughs> like like um, a lot of lost film. <laughs> no, it's not like that, Yeah. yeah. Like, the nitrate film stock in the 1920s would mm-hmm. burn up and, yeah. Even though, then <laughs> again, you'll see the
1: random, like, on YouTube, you can see, like, what was it, the first ever, like, technically moving picture where it's just a guy filming, like, a train station, and it's, like, a 30-second oh, yeah. video. Yep. But that's on YouTube, like, out of all the things that, like, I preserved. Have you guys
2: seen those restored videos where they take um, old footage like that? Like, early, early film footage uh, from, like, the teens or the late 1800s or whatever, and they restore them in a way where it almost looks like you're watching modern day. Like they've, mm-hmm. they've, they've it's they've amazing colorized. how they do it's, them. Yeah, it's so unbelievable. It, it, it's and these people are like looking. They've like up. They've they've updated the frame rate too to make it look like normal, like 60, 60 frames a second. I think even. It's crazy. And I'm like, it's the most weirdest thing. I feel like I'm looking into a portal through time. It's Whenever. like
0: you're looking at CG almost. It's like it's, yeah. it
2: is so eerie
0: because it's funny. Like, uh, one of yeah. the other things I do, like, you know, I'm obsessive with horror movies and stuff. And yeah. I was doing research on the origins of horror movies. And yeah, it goes back to 1895 and 1896. Wow. And then I did research of, like, well, what was it before that? And like the Lumiere brothers and some of the other things. And like Jim saying, Yeah, one of the things that we all use today, like jump cuts, was an accident because there was a skip in the film, and it cut to a different thing. Like it's like these little editing techniques. But what you were saying, when I found these old versions, I found these quote unquote updated. It's so creepy. Like 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 creepy is the only word I can use because it like looks out of place but they've yeah. corrected the film it just yeah it's it's oh. it's amazing yeah it is
2: wild. Or you
1: even see like something like metropolis where there are so many different cuts of it that were like spread mm-hmm. around the world with like different footage and over like mm-hmm. the last hundred years people have been piecing together like all these like barely readable and restorable versions so if you like watch it on netflix it'll be like playing and then you'll have this really grainy version but then you realize it was like a one-of-a-kind film reel that they found at the bottom of a box in the bottom of a bomb shelter that no one saw for 100 years. That was the only version that had this clip of it. And then, yeah. you like, you see, like, the preservation going on. It's like, holy
0: crap. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. luckily, like you were saying, no, it doesn't – it's not as big of an issue with gaming. As, many, as much as people like to complain about pirating and stuff, there's almost, <laughs> like, a historic preservation that goes on through that of, like, sharing code and this and that. So, right. you know. I think hopefully we've learned in the past, and we won't have any lost games in the future.
2: I know, I know, but yeah, arcades a are
0: one. a weird one because so many of them translate so well to modern consoles. That the only things I could think of are, I always go back to Time Crisis or specific racing games that you're not going to get that feel on a console. Even like you know the idea of a light gun or getting in a yeah. big car like thing i'm never gonna set up a rig like that at my house as much yeah. as i love x-men and simpsons and stuff i'm fine playing on modern consoles do i like That's the arcade true. cabinet absolutely but i'm never gonna get the feel of a light gun like a time crisis like gun at the actual arcade or yeah like a, you know a daytona 500 i don't care about daytona it's the fact that i'm in this big ass car you know driving yeah it's a different feel. So yeah. I would definitely go with one of those.
1: Yeah. And now piggyback off that too. Give me hydro thunder. Like that was like oh, 99, yeah. 2000, mm-hmm. 2001. Like yeah, I never sure. went to arcades a lot, but that was one I always put money into just for that. Like that visceral surround sound and the sh- chair shaking and all like different ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Force feedback. Yeah. On that note, actually I, I would say uh, the X-Men six player, um, that was the, great, wa- yep. the widescreen. One. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Where
0: it goes like, out. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's like three different monitors put together, and uh-huh. uh, it's actually in the arcade episode I did uh, My Retro Life. Uh, Dad caught that on video, and that, that thing was so much fun to play with, like oh, amazing. Six, o- six other friends. Or yeah, it was the, so crazy. The
1: barcade in Philly has that, so when we're all oh, nice. when we're all vaccined up, we got to make a trip out there.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: But no, great question. And uh, hold on one second, I'm gonna bring it up over here. And last up from Alex Perez. Uh, what is your favorite game in a genre that you don't really care for? Hmm. Ooh. hmm. Harumph, harumph. Yes, that's a head-scratcher.
0: Game in a genre, I don't...
1: Or
2: a chin-scratcher. I mean, for me, uh... it's
1: almost too easy, because I always bash RPGs, and then I always talk about, what do you call it, Shadowrun. But I'll also say, I guess for JRPGs, I'll say the first Final Fantasy, because... Like, for as, like, choppy and as bare-bones as it is. I don't know. For me, I guess I had more fun just, like, mildly grinding in that than I do in, like, any, like, big epic kind of story.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I, um... <sighs> you know, I'm trying to think of a genre that I don't... that I, that I hate. What's my... Le- I never really thought about it much. What's my least favorite genre? Probably, like, sports games. Um, So, I would probably say... Uh, my my favorite game is the question. Favorite game and least favorite genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, well, I guess if you consider these um, sports games, they're like arcade sports games. But NBA Jam.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, absolutely.
2: NBA Jam, um, Hang Time, all those games uh, mm-hmm. that came out uh, that were just arcade, fast paced. Um, that man, those were those were excellent.
0: It can convert a non-sports fan or a casual sports fan into a major. Like you get all of a sudden be like, yeah, you know, basketball or or whatever. Like that's what Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl did for football. Like yeah, you know,
2: it's absolutely.
0: I'm gonna kind of go with something like you just said, but I'm sticking more specifically to golf games. Okay. I yeah. Hate golf games. Golf to me in general is a boring sport. Jim, yeah. you know what I think? Oh, I know. But but Jim and I kind recently a played a game. Uh, what was that golf for two or golf, golf with, with friends, friends. Uh, it's it's a miniature golf game that basically adds in ridiculous crazy courses the ability that you could turn on knocking your friend's ball out of the way and oh, it's just it's it's just it's just stupid fun because you can not have to wait for your friend to put like you can both go at the same time if you want like and you can have like what all 16 the players
1: at once and stuff like that like yeah it's so it's long. just
0: one of those like really fun because golf is a boring sport to begin with and you yeah. add that in there and all the craziness that it, you can't help but have fun because now you're just having a goofy competition with your friends so i'm gonna go with
2: that that's awesome yeah, yeah so- sports game i mean sorry golf games it's funny i i actually really love power golf on the turbo graphics oh um,
1: greg norman's uh, power golf
2: yes i don't even know why i love it Maybe there's some nostalgia tied there. I do have some nostalgia. A yeah, a friend of mine used to own it and that's where I played it. Now, what's um, the better name for
1: a golf game? Greg Norman's Paragolf or Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf on the NES. <laughs> fighting golf. Fighting golf. It's gotta be fighting that's golf.
0: Definitely.
1: <laughs> no, power Beautiful. golf, yes. like people like kind of crap on it. And that, that's on the mini too, isn't it? And like I was like, Yeah, yeah I think is. it's fine. Yeah.
2: People yeah, are like, no, Oh, this is a bad of... golf game. I'm like,
1: I don't think it's okay.
2: No, it's good. It's got kind of an arcade fast paced kind of it's not arcade like nothing explodes or anything but yeah uh, it's fast paced it's got a quick pace to it the music's really fun um controls are good yeah that's my favorite golf game Jim, oh, no, that the real question is, either. I just wanted
0: to say, that. yeah, no, 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 but Jim, the real question is, why don't you why didn't you do Lee Carvello's putting challenge?
2: There you go, it's there. not real, Brian.
0: Actually, uh, actually, they did make it a real game. Oh, I That's know they, they eventually I, did, I think they have made it a real yeah. game.
2: <laughs> it was like a year or two ago, they did a van hack. I do have to get they that. They did, yep, <laughs> That's hilarious. somebody needs to come out with a repro of that, like, uh, like, like that, make the physical. See,
1: I'm gonna be running. looking on eBay after this, we're right now, yeah
0: the other game they have to make was what was the one bart stole storm. uh, uh, bone storm yeah
2: yeah
0: Yeah, that was another one where i was like (laughs) when when you see those fake games at this point i'm like why didn't doesn't somebody make a real version yeah
2: come up with the original like almost as if it were real create a new
1: retail package for it that'd be great it's like it's like take time lord but making good there you go you have bone storm yeah. Oh my gosh! Time
0: Lord.
1: Don't even get me started.
2: Hot garbage. Oh, there's a, that game. That game was a nightmare. We rented it back in the day. I oh, we you it.
1: poor soul. We, we,
2: I think we owned it. Yeah, we 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 um, we were, you know, uh, suckered in by its first two levels being like kind of easy.
0: And Pretty. The third, yep.
2: And then the third level isn't you're like next to impossible the, uh-huh. the, the country western level
0: oh it's so painting well it's funny because jim and i just did our for our hundredth episode we did our power hour and i put time lord's main theme in there because oh the music gosh. is i oh, yeah. i love that opening theme. A, and the guy david wise david
2: wise Weiss. Yep. yeah who does great Weiss work Weiss, right yeah
0: yeah and i'm like That game I have nostalgia for, similar to you, I don't know how many times I ran it. I love the concept of it, Mm -hmm. but it was one of those I played I don't know how many times. I know I never beat it, but when people ask me, I'm like, yeah, I think that was actually a pretty good game, and then I'll go back and play and I'll be like, it didn't age well at all. It's actually pretty terrible, but the music I still love. I still defend to this
1: day.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it really is.
1: And actually, what do you call it? I effed up my answer because I was thinking of Time Killers, not Time Lord, when I was thinking of Bone Storm. As soon as you said it, I knew what you were talking game. about. Yeah, but
0: yeah. <laughs> time killers. And
2: stuff. I now, never, I never had Time Killers. Thankfully. Don't, never don't, do don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think I played it on the Sega Channel actually. Um, I, I think I, I think they had it on there at one point, and I, Did I that. played it there and never played it again.
1: <laughs> well, at least nice. you got to play it there and not actually buy it. Yeah. <laughs> At least I can okay. say I don't have that here.
0: But, thank Alex, you. I do want to say that is a great question because that's one... Uh, yeah, that was that was definitely more of a thinking question than we've had for a little while. So, thank you. Yeah. He, he always
1: throws those humdingers at us. But, yeah, no, yeah. that wraps up the Patreon questions for this week. So, as always, for anyone new listening, if you want to ask a question to us, each and every single week we will answer a question if you're into $2 mm-hmm. tier. So, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. Yep. And also, if you're new to the page... Please go to anywhere where the podcast is listed. Leave us a review. If you leave us a five-star review and decide to bash us, that's fine. We'll read any five-star review out there, but anything helps.
0: Yeah. So, Jim, one of the things the top, you had thrown up a few things, and I, I want to get you and uh, Tyler's take especially because it is a newer thing, but you have your sample uh, Stadia and something you mentioned many times Uh, they're basically already giving up on or making their own games. They're just going to be a third-party console already.
1: Yeah. I've I've never opened mine.
0: I mean, this is one of those things, Tyler, I don't know how much you followed, but we were making a joke about it. Like, why are they doing this system? Like, it doesn't make sense. And yes, they have a ton of money behind them, but why not just be a third-party thing and... It's been out for what a year and a half, two it's years, about box? that year
2: and a half, maybe. I yeah, I, I think it's about time they give up. I, to me, Stadia always just felt like the next N-Gage or something. Like <laughs> yeah, it it, it it just it just knows it wasn't taking on, and it it feels like the it's almost like beating a dead horse. It's like that it's like that friend who won't give up on like something that they think they're talented in, but they. They keep that they're really not talented in it, and you 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 can't you don't have the heart to tell them or something <laughs> like like that's that's Google with Stadia it's like guys look, you know you want to do this really bad but you're doing it all wrong yeah. and it's it's just not working out go 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 cue, go, go with something else
1: cue the time-stamped YouTube comment saying like a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my gosh
0: stadia is one of those things like if you have the money and infrastructure and you can provide a platform for people the way they're trying you should have always just been three third party like just figure out a way to do that or tie in with one of the other major players and exclusively just show their stuff on top of it like but don't try and now create your own thing, you realize oh, you can't just throw money at everything and just make yeah.
2: it Yeah, no, it's just not gonna, you're, you're gonna burn out quickly like uh, Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, or sure. or,
1: <laughs> or if you're gonna I think a first party isn't a bad idea because it brings people in, but if you're gonna be a streaming only service don't charge full price for your games when people, you know, what's the point in paying yeah. full price for a game if you have no way of claiming it, especially if your service goes down. Steam, you can at least, like, say Steam goes away, Steam will never go away. But say something happened, you can still download the games to your console off of Steam or your computer, so you still have a way of keeping it. Stadia shuts down, you're out your 60 bucks that you spent full price because there's no backup or anything like that. So I think that's where they really shot themselves in the foot with their whole pricing structure. And then, you know, you can get into the data caps and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I think this is definitely the start of the end. And even, I wonder how many people are like me who got their free Stadia kit through being a YouTube premium guy and still just have it wrapped up and, like, yeah, I'll open that up, maybe.
0: But, Jim, you're just an old fuddy duddy because you can't appreciate that new generations need to collect <laughs> like you do.
2: Christ, shut up. I need
1: Stadia.
2: my plastic.
1: hey, yeah, what's the Stadia? i, I, I my, my wall of plastic is my personality. I need it.
2: Back in my day, we had Pokemon
1: yeah. Stadium. Back in my day, we bought games that were broken, and we liked it, because yeah. they couldn't fix it. Gave a cat. <laughs> That's a
0: thing all of our kids are going to laugh at us about. They're going to be like, I have like 10,000 games on this device, whatever they're going to hold up. And yeah. like, oh, you have a hundred and some games behind you. Oh, cool. Like, do any of them work? Like, do you even have the hardware? Like, they're going to... That's going to be such a crazy idea of, like, collecting.
2: It's is- funny... No, yeah. oh, no go ahead sorry i don't want to interrupt
0: no 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 you're like no no i'm just saying like it's something jim and i have talked about and we are suckers for it obviously yeah but i fully recognize i still have old VH, vhs tapes and i'm sure like with you and your father like the amount of things you have that are now antiquated whatevers you're gonna yep this
2: is this is one of my old home movie tapes there you go this yeah is, i don't know what it says there oh something from 89 80. Oh, sorry, I had it the right way. Yeah,
0: 89. 89 June 18th. New... Sea
2: Part Two. Sea World Part Two. Yeah. Sea World. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, physical. It's physical. It's tangible. You can hold it. You read it. I mean, look at how much personality too is, and this is handwritten. That's my dad's handwriting. Yep. You know, it's like the more and more we drift away from the physical, um, the less personal it becomes. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah.
1: They will never know the sense of accomplishment from putting your old NES into a retro tank, into an upscale to make it play on your TV, and then having to clean off the contacts yeah, just to make your 40-year-old game actually read in the goddamn thing before <laughs> you have to take it out with a blinking light wind to fix the pin connector that went bad over the years. They don't know that sense of accomplishment. No, they won't. They,
0: so won't they also other... won't know what a Channel 3 or 4 is. Yep. That is, that's
2: very true. <laughs> Gosh, there's probably there's probably guys in their early twenties who don't know. Oh. What
0: they,
1: they will never know the convenience of daisy chaining RF cables. They will never know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean Tyler, obviously you're you're in that unique situation not only with gaming, but with VHS, with film, but like as you're converting these videos, did you have you already done kind of a mass like let me just convert my hardware stuff to digital?
2: just so well, i have i haven't done like a mass convert all the home movies it's like too much of an undertaking mm-hmm. and so i have just like taken what i need cuz there's literally like um there's like 40 to 50 volumes Oof. of packed vhs oh, wow. tapes uh which you know each one's like over 2 hours 3 hours um so there's yeah there's a lot um, a lot of footage to go through, you know, so we're talking like you know, 150, oh, 150 I hours. I can't
0: even imagine how much time that
2: is. Yeah, and maybe. And it's not like you can just more. set
1: it and forget it because maybe the tape goes bad. You have to hit the tracking button halfway through or else you exactly. just waste it all your time.
2: That's the problem too, yeah. So what I do is I, I typically just know, I, have, I know what I need to get and I go to the archive. I start digitizing exactly what I, what I need to tell that story. Um, and then there was a the time where I did a lot all at once, but um, like all of the kind of stuff that I knew that was like super game focused. But as the series has gone on, I've um, started making them a little more nuanced, where like I'll include shots of me doing what, you know, regular family stuff that I feel like fits into the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has been a, a longer process creating new episodes cuz I really try to comb through every little bit and find the best bits to tell the story um the right way. So but it would be great if I if I did just take the time to just get everything digitized per volume per tape per year yeah. and just it, it, I really should do that honestly cuz it will help me uh easily make the make the rest of the series cuz there's still like another 20 episodes uh around yeah, to do
0: yeah but like we've said you have how much time as a father as someone who has a full time exactly team? like what are you every night for the rest of the next couple of years gonna be like all right <laughs> this hour every night i'm gonna put in a tape and just dedicate to digitizing
2: you know it's i know it, it's such an undertaking and on top of that you know time it's you, you want to create content you want to you want to you know get the rest of the content out so it's like that that takes time too oh yeah and so uh yeah but uh Yeah, I think I forgot what the question was. Sorry, but there's a question. Was there a question? I have no idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, no, no! What I was saying, Tyler, is you specifically as someone who does—you come from video gaming, but also the VHS stuff. Like, do you see? You probably are similar to us, and based on your answer, I'm gonna say you definitely are. Where you do appreciate the physical. Like, I'm the type. I still prefer if I'm going to read a book, I need it in my hands. My wife has a Kindle with a thousand books. It's fine. There's something to me about like the tactile yeah. feel of having it. I appreciate it, but I'm also a little different from Jim where I fully, I'm like, hey, if we can convert, our collections of smaller things have it digital there's such a convenience factor and that's what the switch has provided for most people is that convenience of moving and being able to do stuff there's no doubt that's where it's all going to go and there will come a point where publishers can be like why do we even want to waste the money to print a cd like um, so many modern games are just cd keys that you have to download anyway oh yeah that more and more i've stopped going to the game stores to get it because i'm like if I, could, if I just have to go to a game store to come home to download it anyway, why not just download it while I'm at home already and save myself the trip and this and that? So it's like, I'm changing my mentality. Like, where are you at? And especially now that you have a daughter that's younger again in the gaming, and you probably know that's where it's going to go. Do you think, like, you'll still try and still, like, you want a collection... Or are you just gonna embrace the digitalness of it all.
2: It's like a little bit of both. Like there's the fun side of collecting that I think um, she's getting into and an understanding. Like I actually asked her at one point recently with a Switch game. I think I think uh, maybe it was Hyrule Warriors. I even said to her like um, when we were it wasn't that when we recorded that video, but it was basically, do you want to get it digital or do you want to get it physical, but, like actually hold the game and actually put it in? And she thought about it. And then she said, I want the physical. <laughs> I want to, I want to I get, the... she likes putting the game in. She likes, she understands, uh-huh. she understands that. And, and she prefers, um, the physical games over the, over the digital. Um, and so, but yeah, convenience sometimes wins out though. Cause I know I, all my music is streamed now. I don't, I, I, I yeah. don't have CDs anymore. Cassettes
0: went like this, then CDs. Yep. Yeah, yeah at what point unless you're someone who's like you know the, the the modern thing of like people who like collect unless you're specifically doing it for the collecting aspect yeah most people like who doesn't stream like i don't yeah. see you know i have my cd books and my old cds but that's also because i have an older truck that i still have a cd player in it, like the original but outside of right. that i don't come home and like let me pop a cd in Let mean let me do that <laughs> you don't do that anymore yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and i think that's the way unfortunately newer games that's just where it's going to go like yeah, yeah there'll always be a place for your nes games your genesis your n64 but new games i think there just will be a cut point where they're like we're not releasing the physical copies like why yeah. bother and it does stink i mean but that's part of moving everything forward i guess
2: True
1: but also to keep on that thought of CDs and using CDs and moving
0: forward.
1: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, our last topic for tonight. So, the PolyMega, we like we've been covering it on here basically since it first got announced. It's had a bit of, a little bit of a rocky up and down uh, development cycle to it. So, this came to us from the end of January, actually right before the meme Doge boom. And PolyMega uh, they put this thing out on Instagram in their stories saying, if you pre-ordered in the USA at Walmart, please cancel your order and reorder oh at Polymega and use the code blah blah for a discount. Oh and gosh. they had this long diatribe about, like, they went through a personnel, Walmart went through a personnel change and they haven't heard back and they never get their emails responded to. Oh and we're wow. losing our pre-orders and we're taking matters in our own hands. Ugh. And if you order directly through us, we're going to, you know, we're going to fulfill, blah, blah, blah. And now, of course, on their website, it's saying, please note that all new pre-orders made after January 24th, 2021 are estimated to ship in Q3 2021. And I think this was originally supposed to come out last year at some time. Mm -hmm. Even though you have, like, you know, the obvious COVID excuse and stuff. And if you go on their page on their Twitter, like, they're actively selling their, like, light gun peripheral for it and, like their like NES controller variant and stuff like that.
2: So what it's just turning into a joke. uh, Yeah, it really is. That That, the way that
0: dude, I mean this thing, Jim and I, we said we've been covering it, but the way they put up on on Twitter and their Instagram, this feels like a high school couple that broke up and you're saying like don't talk to these people because I like they're airing out all their dirty laundry. And the unprofessional nature of like calling out walmart who could have been one of your biggest distributors like really that's the like to me this reads like i don't know the specifics of who runs that company it feels like a 21 year old who hasn't matured
2: bad business yeah and
1: also there's got to be more to it like with all the delays they've had like this was me putting my you know tinfoil conspiracy hat on yeah. I bet there's things that, like, Walmart's a huge distributor, so they're not going to just dick around with, you know, an idea. Like, they probably want to see either a working prototype or, you know, an actual proof sure. that they're going to have a certain amount of stuff to put into production at, at a certain time. And for all we know, Polymega, with all the problems it's had, maybe they weren't going to be able to meet certain quotas, so Walmart just kind of cut the cord, for all we know. yeah. Because it seems like when you tell people to, you know, to pre-order directly from us and then they start selling their peripherals for a system that's not out yet... It's like, man, you guys are just hurting for money right now, aren't you? Yeah.
2: It it sounds bad. It sounds really bad.
1: And Um, it sucks, too. We talked about this before, but it's like, the need for it's already passed it by. Like, we have so many modes out there now. We have so many other things. Like... Yeah. Like, I would still still like to have the base unit for my CD games. Like, it's still a cool little piece of
2: future-proofing. Turbo Duo games and... Yeah. And, I uh, mean, for as much as I would love to have
1: the analog Turbo Duo that they're coming out with, one... I probably won't get it because it's going to be 400 bucks, And anything with analog, it sells out instantly and hits the scalper market, so... Yeah.
0: like It's like, there's a need, but... Ugh.
1: They're PR, man.
0: I, I don't know why more of these consoles, like, keep trying this. We're going to be the emulation solution you need. I it, it's, it's a noble cause, but, like, how many failures do we have to see or total meltdowns where you're like, maybe... St- unless you truly can perfect it and do it yeah. at such a reasonable price point stop like why can't you see every business model for this seems to fail
2: i think the one that did it the best was um the uh retron five which i have uh, and it is amazing i mean yeah i mean it, it, it sure it's not hardware emulation but it's it's uh, it, it does the job you know it, mm-hmm. it does it with excellence it's got a great interface the system looks cool um and you know it's affordable um it was the first real one to come out that hit that many at once too right and and it 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 delivered it delivered on all that it was promising and uh yeah i think it's there hasn't been one in my in my opinion i haven't really seen one that's delivered like that in i don't know i haven't messed with some of the ones that are more the high-end like uh analog you know the what they call it
1: the NTS and the Minis, yeah, and the NTs SDs and the SGs stuff like that. Those are like yeah. the
2: Cadillacs of uh, of emu- of uh, um, new console hardware. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, it's 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 just really a shame to see uh, Poly Mega and all that it was promising and all that it looked. I mean, I, I remember hearing about this thing back in like 2011 or something. Like that. it's been going for wow, wow. Was, it, that was maybe not that far back. 2015 maybe. Uh, it's been was probably a, while. The first it's been a yeah. while yeah i feel like it's been years and years um, but it's so sad to see them going this route and and looking like they're burning in flames like crashing yeah. and burning
0: like yeah. this is another last ditch effort like if jim is correct maybe it was a walmart thing and they're trying to save face but it's if they can't recognize that one they were the ones jim and correct me if i'm wrong they like blocked people from commenting
1: yeah i was about to say at least they're not what do you call it like getting into twitter arguments with randos anymore or putting out you know oh right. hit our, you know check out our latest update but turning off comments for the tweet and stuff like that it's all these little things it's like oh you shouldn't have done that like at Here's least take, the, if you if you don't let people give you your licks for a product you're not delivering on especially if they you know pre-ordered and kickstarted it you're you're making a bad situation even worse
0: these guys Mm -hmm. had probably great intentions to deliver a system that would have been really cool but at the end of the day i also look at like we've been talking this whole episode about the appreciation of retro recreating that feeling the people who would have wanted this system like the type of cd things they're also like i don't think the the overwhelming need for having your old systems convert to hd in the most convenient ways the thing that true collectors are worried about like you're probably mm. if you're a die hard collector of these cd systems and that's still your main go-to mm-hmm. chances are you probably still have a crt tv yeah. somewhere, or you have something so you can play the rig you want and you actually appreciate it more because you don't need to see it converted to an hd that's not what you're trying to get at and it's right. not going to convert new people to like oh now i can have my saturn collection i never had like it's such a weird market to really I mean, try to capitalize on.
2: I think if they had come out when they originally were planning to come out, like when it was first being talked about and it hasn't taken this long, I think at that time there was much more of a desire or need or an interest, I should uh-huh. say, in something like that. Yeah. But it's taken so long that people have moved on already. And are you know who's going to wait five years or whatever, four years, however long it's been, for, for something like this? no not everybody's going to wait and they're going to go ahead and buy the original hardware or yep. go on ebay and they've already come up with the solution for themselves because this thing has been in just such a long gestation process
0: yeah i sure. mean fans like me who i've died to want a saturn and a full, like a collection of specific games yeah i can't commit to like getting a new console or what like i'm just not that type where i'm like oh, now i got to do that But i'll tell you what if there's games on that system that i want it and if all of a sudden they become available on newer consoles like uh, e-stores and Mm -hmm. it emulates the game fine i'm just as fine doing like that's where people like me who are former collectors i'll just settle for that at this point unless you show me a price point of something that's so ridiculous and i kind of can't turn it down that's why i'm saying like The price point for the system and all the little crazy module, like all those things, yeah, never made sense. And now you're doing stuff like this that you could have had people like me and Jim be like, we were kind of interested. Yeah, this makes you look so bad that I don't even like want to support you at all. (laughs) You know, it's tough. It's you know,
1: and especially like their biggest thing at first was they had Saturn emulation. It's like holy crap, that's like the holy grail of emulating. And mm-hmm. now you can buy a Saturn for, you know, like a hundred bucks, you know, at the worst, drop a mode in there, and you never have to buy a disc for it. You can just emulate all the games, but still play it off the real hardware. Yep. So
2: there's just so many solutions now. There's like so many it, solutions, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Because, like you said, good intentions. That's what I always felt like they, they had good intentions. But I think it's very clear at this point that there, there's, something, there's something afoot, <laughs> something's wrong.
1: Yeah. I, I think they're definitely in, like, desperation mode at this point, which, which is sad to see. Like, I don't think they were, like, like, I don't think they're bad people. I think they just got in way over their head.
2: Yeah. I, I hope they can pull out of it. I mean, I hope they I hope they turn around. I, I know some, some people have already reviewed it. Um, yeah, or, some have gotten demo units, and they yeah, seem to uh-huh. like it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean,
1: look, the VCS came out, and everyone thought that was dead for a good year. So you never know. Like, it could just be randomly out of nowhere. Oh, Polymega released. <laughs>
0: what?
2: and this is one of those things through another name change. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
0: It's going to be one of those things that unfortunately, no matter how the system performs, it's always going to be overshadowed by all this kind of BS. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, because there's probably a decent team that worked on it. Whoever was the guy that approved sending out things on Twitter and Instagram, get that dude needs to get fired. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, don't send out stuff airing your shit with walmart don't do that like come on that's just basic you know professionalism 101 don't do that yeah yeah
1: it's it's, and, and it's funny to see how like it's been a couple weeks too now at this point and like walmart never responded but they're also walmart they're just like
0: <laughs> come on get out of here yeah, like they think, don't have to you respond. think walmart's gonna cry about the loss I of Polly mega <laughs> orders they're probably like <laughs> Polly who they're like, did we have that? Is Does that like a we? Just Polly. Right. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, we'll obviously we will continue following anyone who's listening. If you do have any other information, send us our way because it's a fascinating saga. What I don't know where it ends, but we'll Yeah, it's see. like
1: it's like our stone brewing lawsuit. It just it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's always those stories we got to keep following but now we uh tyler we do want to say thank you so much we truly truly appreciate you coming on Um, absolutely you know thank you for having me on yeah we love the channel and please before we sign off we want you plug away where can people find you um channel names everywhere just please plug away bud
2: cool thanks guys um yeah it's uh, my retro life is the name of the channel and it's uh you know as you've probably heard in this uh this uh podcast it's 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 a love letter to the old days using all sorts of old footage that um dad my dad recorded over the years and uh it's 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 also it's also a tribute to him he passed away years ago so the whole thing is a series that basically reflects on video games but also uh how video games affected family and friends and relationships and, and what that what that meant to me uh from my perspective and uh, so absolutely uh if you guys check out the show thank you so much i uh, would love to love to see you checking out the uh the videos my retro life you just search it on youtube on all the social media stuff and you'll you'll find it
1: Yeah, and we'll have some links below in all the descriptions for everywhere we put this up so you can click on it right there you should be able to find it easy
0: awesome thank you. well thank you again tyler and with that we want to say thank you everyone for watching if you haven't already please make sure also subscribe to us If you're listening to us on itunes or spotify be sure give us a five-star rating even if you want to bash us it would really help us in the future <laughs> and with that we want to say have a good night and cheers cheers guys cheers